three cinephiles have come together to bring you strong opinions, controversial statements, epic battles, and plenty of fun. Introducing our host, the man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, loves women but hates the woman, from the foreign land of Canada, our host, Mood616. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Pee Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck. He's the full-blooded half-Mexican, JP. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cunningham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine, Jeremy. Together, they are known for extending a helping hand to Vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 55 of the 22 shots of moods and horror, and this is officially episode one of season three. I am your scout leader, Mood 616, and of course, I've always got my two little cubs with me. NES ruler, also known as Jeremy, and the double shot J, also known as JP. What's up, my little cubbies? You fucking asshole. Cubs <laughs> and bears, this has got an awfully day. The scout leader and my two little cubs. Again, it is relevant to the featured review. So what's going on, boys? Hope you're not going to put your sausage in my buns. <laughs> I don't know. Is this like a Catholic scout group or something? Ooh, ooh. That was bad. That was bad. Yeah. So what's going on, guys? Episode 55, and this is officially season three. We are into season three now. Um, so I'm a little bummed out that JP, you never, uh, you know, came up with a new intro. Yeah, yeah I know. Lazy, I know. Being lazy. Hey, you guys could take the initiative, too. Right? Hey man, I know, but we don't want to step on any toes, dude. Yeah, you, know, you were taking the reins of doing that, and if I just went ahead and did my own little intro, and I'm like, "Hey man, here's the intro," you'd be like, "Dude, what the fuck, man? That was my like, shit." Thank God, thank God. I'm just not creative enough <laughs> yeah. anymore. That first one was like an accident. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You know what? We'll come up with something. We'll come up with something. We're just a little behind the uh, the times here, but we'll we'll come up with something though. Right. Yeah. So yeah. even though this there's three, is... there's three brains here, we'll brainstorm and get some something going anyways. Yeah. We'll goes. Something. It might be, you know, like anything we do, it might be a little late, but it'll yeah. come around. It'll be there. Maybe eventually. by which is maybe by which is next kind of... September or something. <laughs> yeah, next exactly. Season four. Which is kind of ironic, though, that you say that, you know, it's a little late because we are actually officially starting season three actually early. Way early. Or than you know that we were supposed to. We were supposed to start this, I think, in about three weeks was the official start date. But things have changed in our lives, and uh, so we just decided to start a little early and get some shows out there for y'all. So hope you enjoy them. So Uh, we got lots of really good ones coming up. So so tell them what's planned. Uh, So of course for today, um, you've read the uh, the head or the the title of this. We're doing Cub from Arxploitation Films. And next week, we are going to be covering the monstrosity of Children of the Corn, the entire oh, franchise. God. And that is including the remake. So that is nine fucking films that we have to watch for that. That's a lot of movies in one week. I mean, so you know, we, them are supposed to be really shitty. Yeah. You, to be honest, man, you know, we'll get to it next week. But as far as I can remember, I haven't watched like the second half of the films in a while. Yeah. But all I no remember is not really in. in <laughs> I, didn't really remember liking too many of them. 
So this should be a, an interesting and funny conversation. But I think anything could be better than Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, so I think we're all okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that movie is pretty shitty, man. Yeah, um, uh, maybe then, some uh, potential Hall of uh, Painters up in there. Many Hall you know, of Painters. I was actually thinking about this the other day, and I was thinking, Children of the Corn, man. I'm like looking at the Hall of Painters, and there's a few sequels in there from franchises, so I'm going, mm-hmm. well... Why no? No better time than to add some Children of the Corn shitty sequels into the Hall of Pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it might. I think it might happen. And of course, after the Children of the Corn show, we have uh, Dead and Night coming up for y'all. It's an anthology film. Um, can't even remember the official year on it. I can't remember. That's bad. Should probably do my homework before it's like that. Mid sixties, but, yeah. but I mean the- something like that. So we're basically doing, uh, you know, episode 55, 56, and 57. Then we're going to take another little break, and then we'll be back after that and hopefully be in full force as we go forward. But, uh, you know, we just – some things came up, and we figured why not just do some right now? And then, yeah. you know, it won't be like such yeah. a long break later. Yeah. So there's a two-week break there, and then we'll, you know, be back in full storm. But, you know, three shows in a row, we haven't given you guys that in a while. So I figured, hey, we got the time. We might as well do it right now. No better time than the present. So and let's just go do out it. there. Like we always do it. Go out there during those two weeks. Make your YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. But of course, do not use any shankle ankles because I copyrighted that shit. <laughs> yeah, officially making some dough off that right Listen, there. Listen, yeah. you know. first of all, it's not easy to go full shankle with the angle, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> you look at it and you're like, okay. I see what you're doing there. I, I think I can do that too. And then you look at the video that you did in the Shanko angle and you're like, no, no, it's, it's just not easy to do. You have to completely <laughs> you have to, you to try to use the Shanko angle. <clears throat> yeah. No matter how hard you try, it's going to look better than, you know, it's going to look more professional than the Shanko angle. You, you can try all you want to look, look, you know, <laughs> look, you, know, you can have your fucking camera upside down and the shit would still look better. It's like, Okay, really? That still looks good. That looks good. <laughs> it's truly an art form to to go to uh, be able to do the shank line. Only only like yes. one person can do yes. it in the entire world. So I have to admit, though, you know, on a different note, you know, we are vastly approaching like the end of the summer kind of deal. Uh, you know, this time of year, I mean, I really, I, I enjoy fall because that means that, you know, How? October is coming around very quickly. But, you know, I enjoy summer, you know, and it's, you know, getting towards the end of it. And uh, I'm a little sad. You know, yeah, I love you summer. you fucking drink about 8,000 beers every weekend during the summer. So, of course, you like <laughs> hey, man, summertime. It's summertime. It's camping time. And, hey, might as well just enjoy it. But, you know, like I said, I'm a little sad that it's coming to an end. But at the same time, you know. Got some bigger endeavors to to tackle here coming up. So, yeah. But anyways, on that note, how was your guys' summer overall? Was it good? No, not really. No, good at all. I didn't do any. No? Like I didn't do anything that I really wanted to do. I don't know. It was just kind of. It went really fast, and you know, it was just like well, I don't know. I could not find the the time to really get the stuff done that I wanted to do, and I was really bummed about that. But I'm not a summer guy. Like I I like the fall. I like the winter, mm-hmm. uh, ex- especially the fall and the winter. I love football season. As soon as as soon as you know September comes yeah, around, yeah. football season. That's like my. It's just all smooth sailing from there because you got football snow season. When you look outside and there's snow on the ground, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got you got football mm-hmm. season, and then you have the awesome October, which to me, everybody is like, 
you know, nine more, nine, 90 more days till Halloween or whatever. Like, they're always counting down to Halloween. Fuck Not that. me. I'm counting down to October 1st yeah. because that 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 whole month there is my Halloween. It's not ha- – I actually get depressed on Halloween itself because I know that it's over. Um, and then, you know, November <laughs> uh, and December is awesome as well. Like, so, I, you know, football yeah. season really helps with all that. But I get really excited when – See, I, see for year. me, I have a totally different mentality when it comes to, you know, the seasons and stuff. For somebody like me that works outside, you know – we basically work outside in the shitty ass winters, you know, to enjoy our summers a lot. You know, <laughs> when you work outside in the winter, it, it can be fucking, it's, it can be nasty, really, really nasty. And you know, and you, you kind of question your livelihood and, and why the fuck do I do this job outside? This is ridiculous. So when summer comes, you're like, oh, and it's a beautiful, nice day. And you're, you know, wearing shorts and, and stuff. It's just, it makes it so much better for us. So that's where my mentality, but the thing is, I do like winter. I just enjoy the summer because yeah, you know, you winter's a lot harder for me. It's a lot harder to work in it than mm-hmm. the summertime. So it, it's just you, a different mentality. That's why you grow a yeah. beard and you look like a high pi- Paddington bear all the time when you have. Oh yeah, man. Beard. Yeah, man. Wind burns outside. Whew, I, that I still remember that picture. Cold. I still remember that picture you sent last winter when you just came in <laughs> and there's fucking like ice in your beard. It was so fucking cold. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was you nasty. Had, and you had snotsicles hanging out of your nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are the those are the dark days of working in the winter. But you know, and I I do agree, JP, because you know this time of year, I know that football season's right around the corner. You know, NHL starting, baseball playoffs, and you know if you're a basketball fan, it's starting up too. So October is a really special month because it's actually the only month in the entire year where like the four major sports are actually happening at one time. Yeah. You know they're all in sync with each other, and it's a good time because you got baseball playoffs, and it's really awesome, man. So not to mention we got preseason. Uh, yeah, we got preseason NFL right now, yeah. which I don't really enjoy, but I know it's right around the corner, and it makes me stoked. Yeah, all the October suck cock anyway, so it really doesn't fuck. October, October, like you said, is an amazing month, and uh, you know my birthday's right at the beginning of it, right when all the sports are going on, and you got Halloween. You just can't ask for anything better. And plus, we got some really special things lined up for October, anyways, this year. So, yeah, and we yeah. got some really special things lined up for November, for that matter. Oh yeah, exactly. Huge, like, yeah. yeah. So also, you know, with the sports thing, MMA is always super stacked in the winter months as well, because you got you know Big Fox promoting a lot of the uh, MMA fights during uh, the f- football season. So that's another thing that I really look forward to is winter MMA, even though it, like. It's weird that, you know, it's better than the summer usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Well, so what did you want to do, JP, that you didn't do? Secrets. Plenty of secrets. <laughs> well, I'm sorry you didn't get that penile, uh, <clears throat> your, uh, penile injection over the summer. You know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know, man. That, that's always a letdown, I guess, right? I guess you're stuck with your small Mexican wiener for another year, I'm saying. <laughs> Damn. Better <laughs> than my kosher uh, sausage, so it's all right. Uh, that sucks. That sucks. <laughs> well, if that's it for um, you know for my two little cubbies, <laughs> they're very boring summers. JP, do we got some news? We have some news, but it's you know not really anything super good. Mm-hmm. The first thing not like is, a couple weeks ago when we had like a shitload of news. Fuck yeah, that. two hours to get through. The Jesus news. Christ. Yeah. Uh, so the first thing we have here is the long-running Resident Evil series is finally coming to an end. 
Now we did talk about this a bunch of times. I don't even know what I've said and what I did. I swear sometimes the news for Resident Evil feels like it's just reiterating things that they posted like six months earlier. So I'm like, I feel like we've already mentioned this. (laughs) I think we did actually, to be completely honest. Yeah. But uh, Mm -hmm. I guess that the director, Paul W.S. Anderson, says that this one titled Resident Evil, the final chapter is absolutely going to be the final chapter in the series. The way they're ending it, uh, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of is making it to where it's ended. Uh, But, you know, it's fucking horror. That really well, that, well, that sounds like some some major character dies <laughs> or something. Yeah, you know, it, it almost sounds like a spoiler when they say that. It just yeah. the way it ends, it just has to end. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm not catching on to this. And like I said, part two is the only one that's actually worth watching. All the ones, that, all the other yeah, ones. Yeah, you know, I like part one and two, but they they all have major flaws. They're too overly stylized, and you know, it's just really action oriented. I have. I've mentioned on the show before, I've only seen the first one. I don't really remember too well. But yeah, I've never seen any of the sequels. The CGI in part one's laughably so. bad. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I honestly I would have to revisit it. I couldn't even comment on it because I don't remember. But that so part two's it's been a while. The only one that's worth watching. Yeah, but this one's supposed to come out January twenty seventh of two thousand seventeen. That's weird that they're Seventeen. Oh. Wow. That's weird that they're ending them. Those movies make a shit ton of money. Yeah, they yeah. they actually do. It's they make a lot kind of, of really surprising because they don't. I feel like they shouldn't um, bring in the video game audience because they're so different from the video games. Like even like oh, the yeah. story is a lot different, which kind of annoys me honestly. Because I thought I think that the you know the trilogy Resident Evil one, two, and three, the video games, all have a fantastic story, mm-hmm. and they kind of don't really do that in the movies but i don't know uh let's do a resident evil show one day that could be fun <laughs> yeah but uh, first witchcraft yeah oh man you think so, nine children of the corn films are bad yeah i was gonna say you think <laughs> nine films in one week is enough fuck oh that would be a witchcraft month yeah for yeah. which the with witchcraft arc <laughs> also known as the dark ages of the 22 shots of Woods and Horror. I, I can already see it though the Hall of Pain is going to be totally all the other films in the Hall of Pain are just going to be drowned yeah, by crap. witchcraft films <laughs> it's going to be like all witchcraft <laughs> so yeah. after that we have a little update on Ouija 2 this is why do you call Ouija it's I don't Ouija. know that's because it how it reads you know Ouija. Ouija I think that's actually how you pronounce it though really it's not Ouija it's not pronounced Ouija I think the actual technical is yeah it's, it's weird yeah Ouija, yeah I say Ouija but in, I'm yeah. just reading it and it looks like Ouija I think most people say Ouija board because yeah. that's just what most people say and when you say it people automatically know what you're talking about <laughs> if you pronounce it differently you're like where the fuck are you from it's like gyro and gyro it's like yeah fucking exactly. call it gyro you mean hero hero gyros 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 yeah gyros tomato tomato fuck you know <laughs> so that one in a while mike flanagan who is going to be the co-writer slash director i think yeah director of universal's ouija 2 says that it is coming out October 21st of 2016 and yeah that he got announced fuck? as the director. <laughs> I thought didn't that movie totally bomb? No, it made a lot no, of No, it did really good. 
Yeah. Oh, the, okay. I'm thinking. It made. Yeah, I think, you're right. That, that you're right. That movie did make a decent amount of I think money, it, I but think the it movie made itself was trash. Yeah, I think it made close to forty million. See, I think a lot of people. I, I think honestly, the sequel is not going to do very well because a lot of people, like everyone, went to go see it, but then the majority of the feedback on the film was it's pretty shitty. <laughs> I think so, everybody said it was shitty. Yeah, that's just yeah, one like, of those. I, I can't imagine films. the sequel doing well, man. I can't imagine the sequel doing well. That's like you know? all horror films are nowadays in the theaters is like stuff like that it's really disheartening and sad yeah uh so after that we have a i guess an update or an announcement of a predator sequel which i didn't really know was happening but the producer says that uh he read a lot of uh the guy the writer shane black uh his scripts and he thinks they're genius uh it's entertaining recreates a famous franchise in a different interesting way looking at it from a different light he's just an amazing writer he's got a way of looking at this that makes you excited again i love the franchise it was the first movie i ever did i remember being in the jungle with arnold schwarzenegger as a 28 year old and going this is fun business shane's amazing he's an amazing storyteller uh so shane is going to be shane black is going to be the writer and he has a partner co-writing it, which is Fred Decker, who, of course, we know from uh, Night of the Creeps and uh, Monster Squad. So they're writing a new Predator hmm. film, which is apparently supposed to be a sequel to the original. Uh. Oh, really? Interesting. So anyway, Ouija. So this is becoming this is kind of becoming a new thing, though, too, is these sequels that are coming out years and years later. Uh-huh. I call and they're this. putting them right into the original franchise. So it's, it's becoming like like I always like to use the phrase. It's becoming the new reality show. <laughs> you yeah. know, it, it's becoming a it's becoming a thing, though. It, it's we're seeing this trend. more and more. Yeah, it like, is a trend. Yeah, I think we so. had the uh, torture porn mm. trend and then we had the uh, remake <clears throat> trend and then we had the found footage trend uh the tv horror trend and now we're kind of doing this make a sequel to the original ignoring the remake trend <laughs> mm-hmm. so exactly so except we- for the nightmare ouija cost five million dollars to make and it made 103 million dollars jesus Holy fucking christ fuck, man. so that's, that's, that's why they're really, a sequel. apparently a really bad movie yeah. but i mean mm-hmm. you have to look at the i mean you kind of have to look at what you know the fans were saying and stuff, and like, okay, so they made 105 million or 103 million. That's fine, but the consensus and the feedback was the movie was pretty shitty. I don't care about that. Yeah, but even if you just get I, honestly, a carryover from those hundred, you know, million dollars, and you make 20 million, it might yeah. even just the chance that you might strike gold again is probably worth doing. My thing is that you know. It's just it, those films are those films that just they, they I don't know why they do so well. It's usually the campaign, I think. I think the the marketing campaign usually helps those films and it's a film that probably killed in the red box as well. Everybody probably rented it. Because I know it's PG thirteen and kids could go no, see it. No, it's because it, yeah, it's completely marketed towards teenagers, right? Teenie and they're able to yeah. get into that film. So I think that's why it does so well, right? I I spend a lot of time with, you know, maybe like middle-aged women at work. And those are the type of movies you hear them talk about if they are talking about horror movies. It's those because ones Because those middle-aged that, women probably have teenage kids that may or may not have, you know, went to the film or the movie with their mom or they heard their kids talking about it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but right? they also just say like that one. That, oh, that looks scary or something. Like I don't know. I I feel like it's more. But I don't think they even know that it's PG thirteen. Like mm-hmm. it's more about just the the marketing. I feel like those ghostly type of those are what I feel like that's like Middle America's movie or something. It's weird. And you see that with stuff like Insidious as well, but Insidious is actually a good movie. It just happened to have that look and feel as well. And Blumhouse does a lot of those t- in general, those uh, Sinisters and stuff like that. It- it's it's really odd too because like Oculus was another one I thought was decent though, but um, yeah, where's the sequel so to that? Weird. That movie the, did the, well these, too. The, these are what's dominating the box office. It's Annabelle. That's the same thing, right? It's the, yeah. it looks. It has that same look to it. That look that mm-hmm. just attracts mm-hmm. every forty-year-old woman in America if they are interested in watching a horror movie. <laughs> and Annabelle made more than a Ouija. Yeah, which is fucking nuts. Maybe it's the potential of actually being scared. You know, these ghostlies and these type of stories. Maybe that's what actually creeps people out. Well, it's very you know, old so, school, it, so though, it works right? For, yeah, because that's originally what. So Annabelle was. cost six point five million dollars to make, and it made two hundred fifty six million. Man, you see now that's <laughs> incredible because that movie, uh, honestly, fucking sucks. But like, I heard I'm a not... lot of people say that it was really good, not just good, really good, and none of them were in our circles. They were like the people oh, that I work with. Exactly. Hmm. They were the it's Man. the mainstream, dude. It's it's interesting well, because people, I don't know, they just they see movies differently. They don't yeah. if they're not educated in what you know good well, you is. Know, I don't know. It's it, weird. It's the same reason why bad rap exists, right? Why there's so much bad rap out on the uh, you know radio. Yeah. It's the mm-hmm. same thing. It is. Well, it's funny because you know I went and seen Annabelle with the wife. It was last year on my birthday, actually. And, um, you know, she's like, well, it wasn't that bad. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Or are you just blind? <laughs> Literally said that to her. I was like, did we watch the same fucking movie? Because I thought it was trash. Well, I know the and funny she's like, thing. She's, it like, is- she's like, well, it wasn't scary. But she's like, I didn't think it was that bad. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sakes, here we go. It is the highest. Uneducated. Rate- it is the highest profited R-rated horror film of all time. <laughs> what the fuck? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Like, this is, oh, that just drives me nuts. But, you know, whatever. Get on them for making money off it. Whatever. I mean, it, I guess it's, it's going to happen. It's both a but... positive and a negative. Yeah. Because, I mean, one, it personally, shines I didn't more care light for to horror. Well, but... paranormal, never mind. Paranormal activity made a little more, but it's I mean, it's, personally, it's I didn't give a shit about it. But, I mean, of course, these type of movies always have their market. And apparently, it's middle-aged women and 13-year-old girls. Everybody else that falls in between... Not so much, and us three fall right in between there. Mm-hmm. No, not it's not working for us. So, sorry, I cut you off about the sequels. So, yeah, let, let's move on. Uh, Blade Four, Wesley Snipes. Blade Four was actually in an interview recently, and he said that, well, we've had some discussions. We've had very positive and favorable discussion about the Blade character nice. and other things that they have in mind. We'll see where it goes for those Blade fans. If we never re- reprise Blade, I have another character that will stand toe to toe with Blade any day. It's not done yet. Mm, you know, I'd see another Blade I, movie. Yeah, I mean, it's for sure enough. Those first two no, were solid, man. Yeah. The the first thing I think about when I hear you know Blade Four, I know it's so selfish and it's really strange, and I'm like, for fuck's sakes, now my fucking box set's gonna be outdated. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's like literally the first thing I think about. Yeah, but, but you know, good on them, man. If they, I, I'd be down for another Blade film. I actually really enjoyed the first two. Yeah. Also, I mean, when I I remember when I first watched the second one, I didn't really care for it that much. But I think I watched it at a time when I wasn't really paying full attention to it. And then I revisited it and I was like, actually, it's a pretty good movie. It's funny to think and Del the, Toro the third one's just that like, it's, it's so, the third one has like this totally different, like, I don't know, maybe over stylized, but it feels so mainstream. I don't know. It's weird. There's Blade might be my favorite just, Del Toro movie, actually. Blade 2. Uh huh. Really? Which is just weird. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Blade 2 is a good film. Better than Pan's Labyrinth? Come on, man. I haven't seen that, so I guess I can't really. That's ah, a pretty good movie. Yeah. yeah. It's dark, man. So, after that, we have Into the Deep. This is Sony's new movie. It's going to be a shark movie. S- sounds like it's going to be like a big, pushed shark movie, like more mainstream. Because they're describing it as a cross between 127 Hours, which was the movie where, based on the guy who got stuck in between The Rock, and a cross between that and Jaws. Well, I think we all know what last mainstream shark film was, and that movie fucking sucked dick. Open Water? No, Shark Night. Shark Night. Oh, I like Shark Night. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it was okay. I didn't think it was, like, an abomination. I mean, it's not a good, it's not, like, a good movie. It's, like, a, like, cheesy, fun Kinda movie, yeah. That was the last one. So, the, so this one's called Into the Deep. Yeah, yeah. I to mean, me, it sounds like title, it sounds like a porno. <laughs> 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 only, only you would think that when you fucking. I mean, it's either a shark film or a porno. Right? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty obvious, but you know, you know me, man. I'm always down for shark films. The shittier the better for me. I, I don't know. I have this weird like magnetic. For, I don't know. I'm just drawn to shark films for some weird reason. I don't I, even care how bad they are. Like, I really I just hope, find them so fucking funny. I really hope like, this film is really successful so we get a porn parody called Into the Deep and Coming. There you go. Boom. There you go. The copyright there you go. right there. <laughs> so the thing is, I I like shark movies too, but like instead of the shittier, the better like better the better for me <laughs> like oh, i like good I mean, shark like, movies it's shitty it's like you know i obviously know the film is shitty but some of yeah. those films are actually pretty fucking entertaining i mean sharknado is a great example of a film that's it's, it's the idea of sharknado is just absolutely ridiculous it's Have you so seen fucking three yet or no? no i haven't seen part three and you know it's just they're fun to watch because you can't take that shit serious for even a second. I mean, first of all, you got fucking, you got Steve from 90210 in there. <laughs> you know, like the, the, even the fucking casting is, is bad. It's really, yeah. really bad, but I don't know. See, Sharknado is those, I haven't seen either or any of the three yet, but I do feel like I would like those based on what I've seen because they seem, they seem like creatively like tongue in cheeky that, that yeah. like even, Leading up to the film being made, I was listening to a podcast where somebody who worked on the movie was talking a lot about it, and it even sounded like, look, this is something different. This isn't your typical you know, sci-fi schlockfest channel thing. It's it's a little bit more creative. It's a little bit more uh, unique and, and funny. I don't know. It just sounded like something that I would be a little more interested in. But back to Into the Deep. This one, to me, sounds like the re for something similar, which I'm a huge fan of. Like, I like uh, it's oh, a that's contained, an excellent film. contained like horror like that. Uh, this one, I guess, is supposed to follow uh, a 
woman who is trapped on a buoy 20 yards from shore with a shark there. You know what I mean? So it's a strong emotional vehicle for a young actress. The script, it sounds like, you know, something that I'd be interested in. A lot of just, you know, just stuck, you know? I like those movies. I like that Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. It's very psychological and very – it requires you to have clever writing, right? I mean it requires you to – I've said it time and time again. You have to keep people intrigued, keep the suspense up, all with one or two people sitting on a buoy. You know? Mm -hmm. It's like the raft kind of. It's a lot harder than you actually think it is, you know, from the outside Mm -hmm. looking in. It's like, oh, you know, it's pretty basic. But no, it's actually a lot harder than you think it is. I mean uh, The Reef is a great example. You know, it, yeah, that's the premise a good movie, is, dude. The, the premise is very simple. You know, uh, they're floating around, survive, trying to survive, and you know, it's uh, it's pretty brutal, man. Have you ever it, seen Open br- Water too? I've never seen the second one, no. Dude, I've seen the first. I one. recommend Open Water two so much all the time. It is so much better than the first one. It's a completely different movie for one. Mm-hmm. It, it's so much better. If you like the reef, you, you'll like Open Water Two. Is Open like, Water Two really? is great. Is it like Boogeyman yeah. Two and Three is better than Boogeyman? Probably. I mean, you really so like strange. Boogeyman Two and Three, right? I've never really heard a lot of people even talk about Open Water Two before. Mm-hmm. It's so under the radar because nobody wants to watch it. Because why? You know, Open Water Two. Well, was, I think Open Water One was boring. I think when you when you just see part two, you're like the sequel to Open Water. Like, yeah, and exactly. Like, no. That's that too. That's it throws people off. They're like, why the hell would I want to watch a sequel to Open Water? It, but it's an it's it's essentially a awesome movie about people stuck at sea that just borrows the Open Water title because it yeah, has yeah, nothing exactly. to do with the first film. Mm-hmm. It's awesome, dude. Sequel it's a name good, only. Yeah. What, check it out, dude. I'm serious. You can get it so cheap too. Mm-hmm. If you like the reef, you like Open Water too. Interesting. So after that, we have uh, Friday the 13th, the TV series. Once again, it was you know brought up. I guess it's official now, like officially, officially happening. The CW? I think it's the CW, yeah, That's what right? I read on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, the CW is putting it together. Uh, they say that uh, the writer is going to reimagine Jason in multiple time periods. Details on uh, this are kind of sketchy right now. You don't really know what's going on, but it's supposed to follow characters in the town of Crystal Lake who are forced to confront the return of the killer as new secrets about his, and I quote, wacky family are revealed. The masked Jason is being reimagined with a stronger feel of grounded reality. Okay. The thing that it says the killer makes me skeptical that the killer isn't going to be Jason. What's with the multiple? What's with the multiple times? I like that, right? Frames. Because maybe we get to see mm-hmm. a little bit of Jason's childhood. Maybe we get to see uh, when Pamela, or yeah, see, Pamela, Pamela Voorhees when she yeah. did her thing, and yeah. then maybe we get to see the present day, which is where Jason is. See the way, the, like. When I first hear multiple time periods, I immediately think that the structure is going to be a lot of like flashbacks of storytelling. You know, yeah. like they're going to refer to this and then it's going to be back mm. in the present and also they're going I, to come to this. Feel. It's going to be really kind of rapid all over the place storytelling, um, which is kind of interesting in itself because you're creating a lot of story. I actually Wacky really, family. really like that. I like yeah, that. You have a, there's a lot of potential. Flashback storytelling. There's a lot of potential because if you're going to, you know, explore the wacky family and new secrets of Jason and, and present day and like it's actually kind of interesting. 
it's not straightforward. That's for sure. And I think there's a lot of possibilities and a lot of ways you could go with that. Yeah. Kind of cool, man. Yeah. Kind of cool, man. I think you could really kind of explore a lot of shit. Like, honestly, it opens the doors for a, a floodgate of ideas, man. Yeah. Like, well, that's kind of cool, man. I've always felt that Jason's mythology is so wide open. Like, there's so many yeah. t- places you can take it because all well, we know that, that's exactly is Jason Drown, right? Jason Drown, his mom got pissed off, killed people. Flash forward years later, he comes back either he's either dead or he never died. Nobody really knows, right? Like they never really explained that. Exactly. So there's so much to work with. Who is his mom? I mean, they touch on it and Jason goes to hell a little bit, but who was his mom? What was her relationship with the father? Why was she like this? You know, there's a lot to touch on. You know, and the, even in part 6 there originally was a scene with his father. Yeah. You know, that was axed yeah, yeah. on the cutting room. You talked floor. about that before, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, I've uh, his name is Elijah, Elijah Voorhees, I think. But there, there's so much rich mythology that was never created, you mm-hmm. know, even stuff that was in the comic books and other things. Like, there's a lot of cool stuff that could revolve around the Jason character and his family. It could almost go Leatherface style. Uh huh. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting actually. So yeah, but do you think mm, do you think it'd go be as good as Leatherface though? If Leatherface was a TV show? Yeah. It could be. I, I honestly think that's a great idea. They should Showtime or something, doing a chainsaw show, dude. Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think yes. again, it's very similar because this time you already have a lot of characters. Like you have the family, you have Leatherface, you got everything. There's a lot of ways you can go with that too. I mean, there's a lot of things that we don't know. Surprise. I feel right? like you can do a chainsaw Dude, I love the chainsaw mythology of, like, the first few. Like, you know how, like, even though you don't know, you know, it's never showed in the film. We know that, you know, fans know that Chop Top was in Vietnam while Chainsaw 2 or while Chainsaw 1 was happening. That's why he wasn't in the first Mm -hmm. film, right? Obviously, it's rewriting, you know, in part two to kind of explain that. But, like, there's all this stuff that they never specifically say in chainsaw films. I would really like to explore, you know, even before that, you know, like, you know, you go into grandpa's history and like how this family started. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah. it even goes beyond then. So, you know, maybe it's even his father and then like, and then grandpa, you know, he started it or continued it. And then it's obviously keeps being passed down. Right. But chainsaw, there's a lot you can me, explore there. To me, chainsaw has probably the richest, uh, story in terms of like mythology of the characters like there's so much you can do there's so many characters that were in each different incarnation of the chainsaw family grandpa mm-hmm. being like a, a mainstay and, and leatherface obviously being a mainstay but all these cousins and fucking uncles and stuff dude they're all wacky as shit and yeah. you know like the cook I, I just love the characters so much in the chainsaw films and i would love to see like some, i would just love and somehow and somehow it. they're all connected by working at a meatpacking plant. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody worked at they random ones. So that's that's what they did. They were just recruited, you know. Yeah. <laughs> kind of makes sense, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so after that, Showtime recently tweeted out a picture with a cup of coffee and it had a little quote and stuff, and it says Twin Peaks shooting this September. Ooh. So was that a question Bam. mark or was that right like- there? Just legit. No, thing. no, it's legit. Like yeah. there's there's starting shooting in September, Lynch is on board. So uh, Lynch was the on board, then he wasn't on board, and now he's on board again? Yeah, but we talked about when he came back on board. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Lynch hasn't made a fucking movie in 10 years, man. Come on. What are you doing, David Lynch, sitting around? Yeah, what what is David Lynch doing, man? Like, you know, I, I, Empire, I feel like he said Atlanta that Empire. He, just, yeah. he doesn't want to do stuff, I think. I remember thinking I heard 10 that. 10 years ago. Yeah. Well, I know that, that, I mean, but all of our masters are really not doing anything. Mm. Well, then again, they are getting pretty fucking old. They're getting really old. Like, Haas yeah, is really the only one all... that's still regularly working, if you think about it. I mean, fuck, man. Most of my favorite directors are all dead. <laughs> so, yeah, like, you know, and, yet, and the other ones that I respect and love, too, are getting fucking old. So, yeah, it's... it's Leslie Craven uh, hasn't done anything in a while. He's producing a bunch of stuff right now. His film he's still that working, he's producing yeah. right now is actually in one of the festivals. Mm-hmm. I, I would what say it's John Carpenter is yeah, Johnny Carpenter. stale. Like, John Carpenter stale. has he's no just, interest yeah, anymore. That's the thing. He's, he's just, just not, done. Yeah, yeah he, I, we'll which I respect that. Film I, respect, I respect that too. Like he's, you know, just does yeah. kind of music and stuff. And so just the kind word's of, really going to be the last movie that we see from Carpenter. But I'm so sh- selfish that I want to see another Carpenter movie. Yeah, me too. I mean, yeah. especially because I wasn't a fan of the ward. I actually thought it was pretty crappy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, some people did like it. But I, I just, you know, that's not really the best note to go out on, in my opinion. But then again, you know, you have to respect him, though. He's he's had a long career. And if, you're, if your heart's not into it, making films, mm-hmm. you have to respect that, man. I mean, he's still making music and stuff, which is kind of interesting. I, would, but... I wish somebody would throw a shit ton of money at Romero, though, man. I, like, I feel like Romero, I would like to see him do oh, one that's... film that isn't a zombie film. Mm-hmm. You know, that's exactly what I, I said, too, man. Because, again, just like John Carpenter, you know, him going out on the ward – you got Romero going out on Survival, survival. of the Dead. Yeah, survival. survival is by far the worst film in that, you know, six film. Mm-hmm. Might be his I worst. I don't even film know the general, word for that. Right? It is, man. It's it's a really, really poorly made film. Um but yeah, you know, I think Romero is that just, the, uh, is that he the should just abandon the zombie. Is that another one? It's not the found footage. That's diary. Survival was survival was like on the island. It okay. had really shitty fucking CGI. Mm-hmm. It's really kind of ruined the film. Um, but it wasn't a very interesting story either. But, I have uh, a theory about Land and Diary. I think both of those films, the longer they exist, are going to get more and more and more respect. See, I really I, feel that they're going to look back on is, is I've always liked Land of the Dead. Ever since I first saw Land of the Dead, I really enjoyed it. See, and I, I know that was not the consensus yeah, because a I lot saw of Land of the Dead were in not the enjoying it. And I didn't really like it. Maybe I didn't like it when I first seen it, but ever I since then... I kind of see that it really does fit the Dead series. Like, it is yeah. another Dead film. Because the thing with uh, Land of the Dead, for me, it's it's just the growth of zombies, right? Because now they're able to kind of get smart, and they're picking up guns, and they're shooting. And, you know, it's that progression in the zombies makes sense in that story, right? Mm-hmm. So it, I just it fits can't, I just can't take well. Luigi seriously, so. <laughs> yeah, what's that yeah. dude's name? John something. Leguizamo. Yeah. yeah. Leguizamo. Yeah. Dude's like Mexican playing Italian plumber. <laughs> 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 but uh But Asia Gentle's in that film though, so that's gonna go. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean honestly I feel like doing the dead films is something that is a must do in in our future, to be honest. I feel like there's so much there's such a you know oh my god. Uh, but yeah, it's man. like what about like even somebody like Herschel Gordon Lewis who's like, Oh, that guy's gonna fucking die soon. Really? I feel a lot about all the masters, old as man. shit too, man. He's like, 90. He's like, yeah, like he's super oh, fucking old. But he directed the yeah, Ono show, show, like you know, just a few years back. Like well, that was a long time. Fucking, that was six years old. ago. 
but still, he was like old yeah. when he did that. Well, when crazy. I met him, the Uh Oh Show is this. And that movie's out. fun as fuck too, yeah, man. It's, fun. it's like it's such a fun film, man. Are and we like, gonna start um, a poll on the masters, like which one's gonna die first? And he's and he's like all behind. Yeah. He's like all behind the Blood Feast remake too, and. I'm like mm-hmm. that's that's interesting that the I'm, well Herschel Gordon Lewis has always be behind anything that makes money like he's known as that guy right like like he mm-hmm. just makes money like it's not as it's not really about the art with him because he's a Jew <laughs> is he really <laughs> that's why uh, I know that all right but yeah so getting back to but getting back ahead. to Romero and making a you know another film that's not a zombie film i am i think we talked about this i don't know maybe a year or two ago gp i know we had this conversation we're like come on like he just i want to see another romero film that's not a zombie film i think it'd be cool you know because he's done some really underappreciated films that weren't zombie films man so i mean honestly i really like bruiser i know a lot of people didn't really i think that movie's a little misunderstood and i think people got kind of confused by it but it's a great example of a film that's completely opposite than what he's known for and maybe that's what throws people off you know it's it's hard to break out of that mold and you know what you're known for doing i feel like i I just really want to see something i feel like in general romero gets like a lot of he gets a lack of respect Mm -hmm. you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like i i know that people know him as the master right but like he's a master of horror but i feel like within those masters like romero fucking put together some amazing movies like really good it's pretty mm-hmm. fucking incredible really mm-hmm. so yeah we'll have to do some romero shows in the future but for right now i also think doing a romero non-zombie show would be really interesting actually well my you know, idea just pick some was... of his lesser known films i mean he, he doesn't romero's theoretically not directed a ton of films mm-hmm. like yeah. he doesn't have you know as big as filmography as some of these directors do but he's done some good ones and i think they need yeah. to be kind of talked about a little more so. well i was thinking to do like multiple director spotlights on romero maybe the first part being maybe a couple uh films like the crazies and you know uh martin or something and then maybe do the first trilogy the first dead trilogy and then do like one on like bruiser and monkey shines or the dark half or whatever and yeah, yeah. just do his whole eventually just do his whole goddamn filmography mm-hmm. mm. that's interesting uh Could so be fun. yeah i think italian films <laughs> so next up we have fuck that a little bit of news. <laughs> fuck that Fucking Romero is no pretty much an Italian filmmaker. <laughs> is Romero? Romero has to be. Italian, I'm telling you, man. The Italian films that uh, are in the near future are fucking awesome. <laughs> I believe you. Yeah, I, I believe, believe you, too. you. I I I feel like this is gonna like completely change my life. I'm just saying. Uh, we'll <laughs> leave it at that. <laughs> it's very drastic, but I like it. Yeah. Uh, so next up in the news, this was just something that I thought was funny, but. Apparently, the original house that Buffalo Bill was in from Silence of the Lambs, you know, where he has the girl in the hall, put the lotion on the skin, or else it gets... Cuddle gets... trader! All right. Puts the lotion on. This so it's 14 grand for a purple Hemi? Damn, <laughs> I'd offer him 7500 For those who don't know, that's a reference to Joe Dirt. Yeah. yeah. Which is uh, Buffalo Bill, but... Yeah, yeah, Joe Dirt is awesome. 
Uh, so the Silence of the Lambs, right? I did not know that the house that Buffalo Bill was in, well, it's being sold uh, for around $300,000 they want for it. Uh, but what I found really interesting was that the house's location is in Fayette County. I live in Fayette County, Pennsylvania. Oh, you better start. Wow. Oh, I was going to say something. You got to go, go check out this thing. Better, That's pretty better, cool. I better, did not know that. Better go start selling some tacos so you can buy it. <laughs> but yeah, you can check it out at realtor.com if you want to go buy the Buffalo Bill house. Uh, it's a pretty nice house. It was redone on the inside and stuff. It looks nice. Uh, pretty goddamn cool, dude. Sell the dollar trader. I didn't know that that was in my area, you know? It's odd. Yeah. So after that, we have uh, the announcement of the fourth and fifth in the eight films to die for new resurgence. Uh, the fir- the fourth one, you know, we talked about the other three that were announced, but this is the fourth one. It's called Lumberjack Man, and oh, man. it is, you know, slated for the October 16th with the other Lumberjack ones. Lumberjack Man. Fuck uh, yeah. As the staff yes. of Good Friends Church Camp prepares for a spring break filled with fun under the sun <laughs> a demon logger rises from his sap <laughs> boiler to wreck it's a demon logger <laughs> and feast flapjack soaked in blood of his victims what is he a beer enthusiast oh, i love it how it's not just like you're it's not in a live slash he's like a demon lumberjack <laughs> it's fucking awesome man. it does sound pretty fucking awesome if i'm being That's honest totally here. caught me off guard i wasn't expecting the demon part but that just makes it so much better so Wicked. we have uh, Michael Madsen in it from, of course, Reservoir Dogs, Kill Bill Volume 1. And Adam Sessler from a million films. X-Play. <laughs> That's funny. So, What's yeah. it called? X-Play? No, Adam Sessler from X-Play. X-Play. Oh, Adam. Okay. He's in that movie? Yeah. What oh, the fuck? fuck? Yeah, so. And I haven't heard that name in fucking years, man. Yeah, so... Th- or the hell's that's... Morgan Rudd, damn it. At least get both of them. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that that's pretty cool. That's that's kind of cool. That's I mean, it seems like so far this these eight are going to have a little something for everybody, you know? Yeah, and they're that, That's what's cool about them. Uh, so the fifth one is a film that's supposed to be... I get... what It's called... Indie Suspension... I hope I wrote that down right. Uh, directed by Decoys direct Decoys Two director uh, Emily is a high school student with a penchant for drawing gruesome pictures in her sketchbook. There's a reason for her obsession with horrific images. Her father Tom once went on a murder spree and is now residing in a mental hospital. Hmm. On a night, she's home alone, babysitting with her mute little brother tom escapes and targets emily and her friends during a bloody killer rampage oh it's called it's just called suspension indie is what it is it's an indie film (laughs) (laughs) all that and it's pretty much a slasher film (laughs) yeah right i mean but that's that's your classic 
but exactly. I mean, escape from the mental institution and then go and target a yeah, family hope, member. I really hope it's better. <laughs> what does that sound like? Babysitting? <laughs> Babysitting? What the fuck does this sound like? I really like? hope it's better than Psycho. I'm pretty fucking sure that there's another movie very similar to that. <laughs> yeah, this is like Silent Night, Deadly Night, slash fucking Halloween, slash fucking, fucking When a Stranger Calls, slash whatever, Black Christmas, whatever. Just set it on a holiday. But you forgot about the best exactly. one, Psycho Sleepover. Oh, God, that movie. But this, what's going to set this one apart is because it's directed by Scott, Scott Lando, the director of mm. Decoys 2 Alien Seduction. You you did that show. You reviewed <laughs> that movie, didn't you, JP? Yeah. <laughs> and it so sucks, right? I got to watch those. Uh, those aren't, they're not good, okay? I'll, I'll just be honest. Like, they're not good movies at all. At all, they're not good. But I enjoyed them. They're like species ripoffs. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. We should do yeah. the species films. I've never watched any oh, of those movies. I will not watch all of those again. The first two are good. <laughs> but three and four suck. <laughs> pretty yeah, much. They're not very good at all. Yeah. No. They're pretty awful. I have a sense that there's yeah, a ton they're... of CGI garbage. Oh, fuck. They're just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, after that, I guess kind of finally here to wrap up the news, we have Scream Factory announcing... Two new IFC Midnights, Stung, which is about a fancy garden party that goes terribly wrong after a local species of wasps mutate into giant predators. Lance Henriksen's in it. Lance Lance Henriksen, our homie. Awesome. Yeah, I didn't even really read what it was about. I kind of looked at it and I thought it was like a scorpion film. For yeah, some I reason. love, I don't I know love killer bugs and I love giant mutated yeah. killer bugs as well. And I love Lance Henriksen. So win, win, win. Uh, and then the other one is bound to vengeance. This one follows Eve after she breaks free from being chained in a basement and abused for nine months by a mu- manipulative psychopath. Instead of escaping, she discovers there are other girls just like her scattered around town. Now fueled with rage, she must force her captor to become the captive and lead her to the other girls before it's too late. Yeah, that sounds shitty. High o- what? How? How did that sound shitty? I don't you know. know, you know I, I, wish we, I wish we had a fucking dollar for every time Jeremy said that and the movie on the show and the movie's been fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I remember, remember there was one you was talking about. It, it sounded so good and, you're, and you, I think you rated I was like giving the premise or something. <laughs> I was given the premise for pieces of talent. And he's like, "Fuck that sounds oh, shitty." Yeah, that's, and I was like, that's... "I was like, fuck." There was actually a couple other ones too. Actually, Brandon said that uh, uh, Bound of Vengeance was fucking awesome and one of the best films of the year. Hmm. So I'm gonna be an <laughs> so, asshole again. So like, I don't right. know how that sounded bad. When I, when I was explaining that mood, did that sound like ah, no, shit. no, no? I, I like shitty. that shit, man. Not like, like ghostly that. shitty. It's a revenge movie. It sounds awesome. It sounds like what was those people in Ohio who were. Uh, kidnapped in the house for all that those years and yeah. shit sounds like that mixed with you know modern other stuff I you know Chained. Yeah, i thought chain was fucking awesome i love these revenge fucking abused psychopath fucking it's ifc oh, yeah. so i'll watch I mean, you know my views on revenge films i fucking love revenge films love them so and watch i'll come back and i'll give it a 10 out of 10 just because i'm a fucking (laughs) douchebag asshole and i'm (laughs) so stung comes out november 3rd on dvd and blu-ray from scream factor actually i don't know if there's a dvd it's probably not it's on blu-ray at least and bound to vengeance i remember that one's gonna suck so don't watch it 
Crown 2 Vengeance <laughs> comes out on the 10th, so a week later, the 10th of November. And you can pick those up from Scream Factory or Amazon or whatever. I wish they would just just chill the fuck out for a minute on these releases, or at least make the IFC ones like 10 bucks. I know. That's exactly what everyone's been saying, man. These IFC releases got to be cheaper, man. And they're so hit and miss from out here. Like, one's oh, good, yeah. one sucks. One's good, one well, sucks. Every IFC is like that normal. Recently, so. man, recently, that's exactly what it's been. Like, you know, I recently watched Alien Outpost. Yikes. That's <laughs> <laughs> a fucking garbage, man. I was so appalled. I was like, this movie fucking sucks so bad. And then I watched Dark Summer. You know, so, you know, it's a little bit hit and miss. I mean, they really are, man. They're like one extreme to the next, so... Yeah, no, you just don't fucking know shows. what you're getting with these IFC films, man. I mean, you recently, treatment. well, you recently reviewed Inner Demons, right, from IFC? Yeah. So, like, I mean, IFC is IFC, but yeah, you said that movie was complete trash, oh, too. It's so horrendously bad. But you watched Amadextia, yeah, whatever how it is. And that yeah, so it's so fucking bizarre. So you never know what you're going to get. So you can't write off IFC. Um, but yeah, that's it for the news. Correct. That is correct. Okay. All right. So moving along into mood swings. And of course, we always start out with the, uh, the DVD and Blu-ray releases. And yeah, for the DVD and Blu-ray releases for August 25th, 2015. And actually this week's not so bad. It's not so bad. Um, first up here, of course, from no other than Scream Factory. <laughs> You know, you just you can't go by you can't have a week without a Scream Factory release. Uh but this was this is actually a release I've been looking forward to for a long time, ever since they announced it. And it is the double feature of Metamorphosis and Beyond Darkness. So is fucking the one that awesome. was like the Shriek Show releases that is really uh, no, Shriek I, Show in the past, aren't they? I, Beyond Darkness does didn't have a region one release before. I believe it had like a some type of European release or something like that. me sounding like an asshole again. I don't really know much about Metamorphosis, to be honest. It could have had a release. Um, somebody, I'm sure, will correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't really know much about it. But Beyond Darkness is a film that I've actually had on a list for a long time. And I was going to import this fucker a couple years ago, or last year or something like that, and I didn't. And good thing I held off, because now we got a double feature, so that's kind of cool. But I know a lot of people are looking forward to this one because they're obscure, more obscure titles. And that's what kind of, uh, you know, the fans Guess are I'm looking wrong. for these days. So. My mistake. Uh, and then next up here, we've got, a, I guess, a re-release of Angel Heart. I know this movie's been released on Blu-ray already. So this is just a re-release of Angel Heart, uh, of course, with Robert De Niro. Um, good film. Have you guys ever seen Angel Heart before? I have not. No. No? It, it's it's a pretty interesting film. It's a different role for De Niro. It hasn't done really a lot of films like this uh, good film though i just recently grabbed the dvd for like three bucks so i'm not gonna fucking upgrade but two days um, later up, in this update anyway next i have no i'm not gonna find <laughs> it uh next up here from all of films is this is more this is not a horror film this is like a thriller i've seen this movie before i just have no interest in picking up this blu-ray but for the people out there that do have interest it's the babysitter with alicia silverstone um it's not a bad film by any means. It's one of those type '90s thrillers. So you pretty I've much seen know what you're it before. Get. Yeah, it, it's it's exactly what the title is. It, she's a babysitter, and it's it's one of those type stories. So I think I might have seen it on the fucking Lifetime channel one time. <laughs> but <laughs> I have this one. I have this Blu-ray, so I'll give it another shot. Yeah. Oh, you. Oh, really? Cool. Okay. So next up here is, and I quote me if I'm wrong. Is this another re-release? 
because I swear to God, Jacob's Ladder had a Blu-ray release before. Yeah, yes. Okay, yeah. so this I is another re-release. All the time. I think this is from really... Mill Creek. Picked up a lot of the Sony titles, so this is getting a okay. re-release from Echo Bridge so or Mill Creek. Mill Creek. Okay, so that's what they're doing. So they're just putting new uh, cover art with these. Yeah, but they are, they picked up Mill Creek. Me and JP were talking a few days ago. They're really stepping up their game. They have like yeah. they have the Karloff set coming out in the middle of September that has a whole bunch of Karloff stuff that's been either expensive to get or hard or never even been released. And they have that Hammer set that's coming out that has some good stuff on it and the William you, Castle you, set. There's a whole bunch of stuff. You know why they're stepping nice. up their game, right? Because they got Sony. Because they don't want to be known as the other Echo Bridge anymore. I haven't even heard of like <laughs> Echo Bridge coming out with a movie in a long time. Like, no doubt, eh? That is funny. All right, so Creek, next up here from... Good. Good. Actually, man, all the films is uh, pumping the shit out right now. Um, next up here is a film called The Sender. This is from, I believe, the early 80s of the film I've never seen. Uh, I actually have a copy to review, so I'll be checking that out pretty quick. And I'm sure... The other guys here, Jeremy and JP, you guys are going to be doing reviews of that in one way or another. Snake Peek, um, it's boring. <laughs> so yeah, that's the sender. Uh, and of course, again, from all of films, they put fucking student bodies on Blu-ray. <laughs> so funny to me. Ah, of course, student bodies on Blu-ray. Laugh. Come on. Yeah. No, it's, no, it's funny. It it's just funny. It just it just shocked me when they announced student bodies. I was like, really on Blu-ray? Okay, whatever. Um, it already has a Blu-ray release. It does. It has a double pack. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, true that. Um, all right. Next up here, we got the complete fifth season of The Walking Dead. Uh, I believe also the uh, the special limited editions are supposed to be coming out the same day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for some weird reason, I, I, it's not even on Amazon.ca right now. I can't even pre-order it. I don't know. It's fucking weird. It's kind of pissing me off. But anyways, the complete fifth season of The Walking Dead on Blu-ray um, in tons of different editions. Uh, next up, we got a film called Adam, the Amazing Zombie Killer. Oh, God. Now that <laughs> one sounds shitty. I'm sorry. That one sounds bad. It's not even Adam, as in like Adam and Eve. It's like Atom, like Adam yeah. Ant. This is being released by Whacked Movies. I kind of like the the cover though. He's holding a bowling ball, it's a smiley face bowling ball. I don't know. This kind of made me laugh. Do not give it. this any props. No, but yeah, the bowling ball is fun because I like bowling. So I'm sorry. I, I saw the bowling be... ball and I was like, it's a bowling ball. Fuck. I Whatever. cannot be a pretentious. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Donnie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just as always, I don't go on Ur Shabbos. Ah, shit. Now, this is one right here I've actually been interested because, I mean, really, you know, the cover art for this is, um, it's a little inviting. And it's a movie called Bag. Uh, it's oh, quite it's obviously a slasher Halloween film. With the... Yeah, it's got like a Halloween mask on the cover. It, actually, when I first saw this cover, I thought of uh, um, OD666666. Yeah, it looks exactly like him. I was thinking that too. It's, like a de- it's basically the same mask, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Who knows? It could be bad. You know what's good. fucked up? Is I thought that this was from Tim Ritter or something because I just kept seeing a bunch of words and Killing Spree at the bottom. I thought I was going to say like from the director of the Killing Spree or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, no, it's not. That's a different quote. Nice. Uh, next up is a movie called The Fapping. <laughs> the director's cut. <laughs> no, it's uh, The Fappening. The f- yeah, The Fappening. Let me okay. guess. This is a parody of The Happening. I'm not really too sure what the fappening is supposed to be. I you don't think it's a parody is? at all. 
The no. fappening is what is dubbed from that huge nude leak that happened like last year where all those celebrities nude pictures got leaked. That was known as the fappening. Huh. I never knew okay. that. <laughs> I didn't know look that. it up. It has its own Wikipedia page. It's, Holy it's fuck, funny. I didn't even know that. I never knew that funny. either. That's funny. Yeah, uh, this mm-hmm. movie pretty much looks like a slasher film and yes, I did pre-order this. It was like 7 bucks. So I was you like, are out of your mind. Oh, it looks dude. so awful. It looks like a video. That that mask looks like CG. It's probably like, going to be the best movie of the year. Who released it? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think the company on, on here is wrong. It says like Sean Weathers. I don't know. It, I, it's definitely fucking not yeah. real. Sean Weathers um, this, is the guy who made it. Uh, oh, maybe because I'm reading Sean Weathers at the bottom. That's probably why I said that. Fuck me. I don't know. I think the studio on Amazon is wrong, though. I've never heard of it, so uh-huh. it's probably yeah, one of those the phony studio studios. studio is again. Sean Weathers as well. Oh. He's an actor. <laughs> I was he, right then. I was right. It, and he put the movie out. Did he produce it, too? <laughs> so this is probably. independent as oh, fuck. Oh, man, that's a, that's a bad sign already. So yeah, I, no, dude, this thing looks... Seven bucks. Anytime well, you see... Anytime you see written by, directed by, produced by, and starring by, you know you're in for a shit story. Yeah, because even Adam Green just started making up names when Uh, he did his credits. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, next up is a film called The Horror of H.P. Lovecraft. And, of course, this is being released by truly Wild Eye. Yeah, we talked about this one already. Yeah, we had to have talked about that. With the CGI octopuses? I know. Yeah, it must have got delayed. I thought the same thing actually when I was looking they at it. They just this, delayed but... their zombie movie too. That I got that email about. They've been delaying shit. Yeah, I know. I know. I got that email too, and I was like, where the fuck is that shit? But anyways, um another one here from Wild Eye Releasings, uh the Long Island serial killer. <laughs> well, we pretty much know what that's about. Um I don't know, the cover art's not very good to be honest. But whatever. Um like now this one right here, man, the cover art's fucking bad ass i think it's awesome man and it's a film called morbid i know this is an independent film uh someone posted about this on facebook and apparently they know the director that did it i can't exactly remember um but again this is being released by wild eye because they they seem to pump out their films but yeah morbid looks kind of cool see that's the thing with movies that fucking titles and covers sell your movies so if you're gonna have a movie called like the long island what is it serial killer Oh my god. Come on, guys. Come on with a better fucking title than that. Maybe it's fucking yeah. awesome, but because of the title, it's like, I'm not gonna watch that. Yeah, man. Like, I mean, you gotta have a play on words like the San Francisco. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that movie I fucking think just sucked, even though, the but... Long Island slasher would have sounded better. Exactly. Now, this one right here, I actually started laughing when I was going through the uh, the releases for this week, because it's just, oh my god. Ghostly of the week. Fuck, oh, man. man Seriously. Nocturnal activity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are what what was last? What was last week? Wasn't it like uh, poltergeist? Poltergeist? Paranormal poltergeist or something? Some some bullshit. Like just blatant poltergeist stuff. activity. Oh yeah, I think that was it. I mean, really, nocturnal activity. Fuck me. This looks so bad. And yeah, we got. Uh, I think last one up here is a film called. The fuck you, Pernicious? 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 I had I a screener I... for this one. I never watched it. 
pernicious pernicious yeah it's weird maybe it's someone's name or something i don't know anyways it kind of looks like a from the studio pernicious <laughs> what the fuck well if you got uh, a screener where'd you get a some type of slasher it was a it was an online screener oh. a digital one so I, you know i don't take those ones too seriously if i get to it i get to it but you know it's not like they're actually paying to send me something you know yeah and yeah, that's all I got for the uh, DVD and Blu-ray releases for August 25th. Yeah, I mean, there's some decent stuff in there, some laughable stuff, some mediocre, ne- some re-releases. I don't know, weird week. Next week got some all right stuff as well. But moods, what is your release of the week? My release of the week has got to be. Mm, this is pretty obvious. Paranormal. Double feature from Scream Factory, Metamorphosis, and Beyond Darkness. That's a pretty batshit awesome release, and I think it's going to sell really well too. To be honest, so I mean, it's not that is my pick activity? of the week. No, no, no. That's two in a row that was uh, Scream Factory. Yeah, I mean, so was... as much as, as much shit as they get talked on, they still are putting out some decent shit every once in a while. Decent shit, exactly. Um, next week is going to be an interesting pick of the week which though. we probably won't have time yeah. for yeah it's just because there's a fucking yeah well i meant oh yeah yeah i guess so right yeah totally. because I, I don't think we're even going to be doing any of this so i think it's just oh. going to be okay let's uh hey guys how's it going let's uh what are your thoughts on part one yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> exactly <laughs> so yeah anyways but yeah there's actually a lot of releases coming out september 1st like september october there's so many fucking releases coming out from week to week it's ridiculous especially from olive there's like seven september well i think scream factory alone has eight or is it six or eight because you have all those slasher videos coming eight. out in september slasher video. yeah there's a lot of stuff coming out man it's kind of ridiculous i know screen factory in october is kind of ridiculous because they're releasing the human centipede box set and they're also releasing the, the uh larry, the larry Fetison box set box set in the same week and they're not yeah. cheap, man. Like the Larry Fedison one's expensive, and the the yeah, but at least that one's not as like shitty as Human Centipede. Yeah, I mean, are you really gonna buy that... the Human Centipede box set just to say you have it? Why? Why? Wait, hold on. Why? Why is why is anybody hating on that release? I'm not hating on it. I'm just saying you're hating on it. But it already has a release. What Human Centipede one and two? So there's a third one now, and they just happen to have. Like, like it's okay to put all the Halloween films in one yeah, but set, I don't and everybody's want... like, oh, that's so awesome. Roots, do you but have the you other take... two Human Centipede films already? I have them both. So um, you're going to rebuy right the box set just to Well, he it. buys all the Scream Factories anyway, so he's not a good... I will, def- I will definitely be getting rid of my, my Human Centipede 1 and 2 Blu-rays, though. Oh, I won't keep them. There's but I'm no saying... The, 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 my thing is like, yeah, okay. If you're go- If you own the first two, then yeah, that, that means that it's not worth the upgrade, but that doesn't mean it's a bad release. Everybody who I hear is like, oh, I already yeah. have the first two. It's like, so what? So what if you have them? That doesn't make it a bad release. Well, and I mean, and on that note too, they are releasing part three solo also. So if you yeah. don't want to buy the box set, buy the solo release of part three. So why? Because I heard it's fucking solo? amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. Uh, right well, because like, but because I don't even like, like the second one. Because but I, I still am interested a, in the box. Set. I didn't like the second one either. I, I actually really liked the second one. I thought it was awesome. Really? Um, I found it boring. Yeah. No, I thought it was brutal. I found the Fuck. first one boring too. The first one is awesome. Overrated. Overrated is not a criticism. Uh, I'm, I'm it's a statement. Yeah, I wasn't a fan <laughs> of those movies. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, like like a lot of people have said, and I've said this before in other videos. I said the Human Centipede films are a prime example of films that are not for everybody. You either love them or you hate them. Exactly. You know, people are not like, "Eh, I can watch it. You know, no, it doesn't happen like that. You either like it or you don't. And they they just happen to fall into that category. Personally, I didn't mind the first one and the second one. I haven't seen the third one. Um, Oddly enough, I was watching this dude's video the other day and he said, he said, you know, disregard everyone's hate for the third one. He goes, it's the best one in the trilogy. And I thought he was joking at first. And then he went on to explain how much he liked the third one because <laughs> he might have been the only person i've heard even say one good thing about the third one and i was like wow this is really interesting but i'm just not buying it <laughs> it looks no. like there's like a bunch of you know special features and I, I i think that like hearing you know tom six talk about the trilogy like that's cool enough like to have them mm-hmm. all in a little box set and stuff i bought the first two for like you know literally like three bucks a piece i don't own the third one and I, I own the first two on DVD. I'm curious to see the third one. So I think this is a good way to buy them. If you know, it, if I I didn't I forgot that I had the second one. So it's a little less awesome to pick up the set now. But I just don't see what's so bad about releasing them together. It's not like no, a complete. It, yeah, I think what it is though. I think what's off putting people is that. Yeah. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck was that? <laughs> But anyways, I think what's off-putting people is that, you know, the Blu-rays obviously were released by IFC and Screen Factory strikes a deal with IFC and they're just re-releasing the first two. It's probably pretty similar to the releases. Who knows? There could be other but features. But it's not I don't like really they're re-releasing them like solo, right? They're re-releasing them in a box set. It's almost like if no, they no, no, didn't I, do it, wouldn't I'm that just, be kind of like I a travesty? Just, I'm just saying what other people are probably thinking. At the and same I, time, yeah. I, I agree with you. I actually agree with you. I mean, it's a box set. I mean, people like box sets. And I mean, I'm sure there's people out there that don't even own part one and two. And they're Listen. going, well, Screen Factory, fuck it. Let's just pick up the box set. So, I mean, it, at the same time, I understand both ends of the spectrum here. I have no problem with it, really. Listen, but. if Screen Factory would have came out and be like, hey, guys, IFC, we're partnering up. We're releasing the third film. We were going to release the first two. But since they're already on Blu-ray... We're just not going to do that box set that we had planned. People would be like, what the fuck, Scream Factory? What the fuck, mm-hmm. dude? You, why aren't no, no, you going to release a, the a, whole set? It's a no-win situation, for sure. JP, you're really <laughs> passionate about this. No, yeah. I just... I, I see it so much. Like I, I didn't mean that it was a it. bad release. I didn't mean that. I, I was well, just, it, it wasn't you specifically. Yeah. Just as they announced it, you know, reading the comments. Like I never commented on it myself, but you know, just seeing everybody hating on it and hating on it, I'm just like, Why? It doesn't seem like something to hate on. If you own them, don't just buy the fucking third one if you want the third one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like they're making it the only way to get the third one. And honestly, who the fuck even wants the third one besides, like, me? Me. Yeah. Because mm. I have all the IFCs. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, that concludes the new releases for August 25th. Uh, JP, do we got uh, any voicemails or yeah. slash questions this week? No questions, but we do have voicemails. We have three voicemails, two of which are from mm. Derek, and one of which is from an old old time caller, an old time friend heard, <laughs> who we haven't heard from in a while. So uh, that's pretty exciting. Pretty cool voicemail. Uh, and which one do you want to get start with, guys? Derek or let's go with the, let's go with God the. Damn it, Linda, get back here! Oh, hello. <laughs> Uh, this is the immortal voice of Emperor Corndog, 
And I'm calling up the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. I've been enjoying uh, getting reacquainted with the show. And uh, <coughs> I have a question for y'all. I watched a film the other day called Zombievers. Now, this whole thing, I'm, I'm sitting here watching this, and I go, this movie has absolutely no business being as good as it is. But uh, here's the deal. I've, I've thought of uh, just about every damn zombie film that you could make going forward, and I decided I couldn't care less about any of them. But if you do a zombie animals, goddamn, I want to see what you come up with. Now, I'm thinking if this becomes a trend, I want to know what the hell animals you want to see zombified in an upcoming film. So that's my question. What zombie animals do you want to see going forward? Now, for me, personally, I wouldn't mind seeing, like, a zombie octopus or a zombie camel or a fucking zombie camel <laughs> like that. But I want to know what you actually think in context of a proper film. What kind of zombie animals do you want to see going forward? Anyway, this is Emperor Corndog wishing everybody a very happy St. Patrick's Day. I know St. Patrick's Day is in March, but uh, fuck it. Better late than never. Holy fuck, that was the funniest fucking voicemail I've heard forever. That was good. (laughs) Thanks for calling. Patrick's Day? Uh, Thanks thanks for calling, Corndog. Well, you know what? Keep calling back. Oh, man. You know what? That's a fucking great question. And, you know, it's funny that he says that, you know, (laughs) Zombievers has no business being that good. I agree. Because when I first heard that title, I was like, this is fucking, this is going to be so bad. But, you know what made it good? The fucking practical effects. They didn't fuck it up. You know, that's what makes that movie so much fun. But to your question, um, <laughs> what animal would I like to be to see zombified? Uh, honestly, I had an answer for it like right away. I personally love slow moving zombies. I love the original just kind of fucking crawler type zombies. I'm a big fan of the old school original type zombies. Therefore, mm-hmm. my animal that's going to be zombified is a sloth. Because they oh are slow God. as fuck already. Could you? I don't know. I don't know how it would work, but it makes me laugh, and that's all that counts. <laughs> okay. So. Well, I, I, I'm gonna answer this question by figuring out why it's successful to make beavers zombies. So this isn't the first one, right? Like, I think people are forgetting about a little old film called Black Sheep. Right? Mm-hmm. Am I yeah. right? Yeah. So, if you take zombies and you take black sheep and you look at what makes them funny, it's because they're these odd. They're not aggressive. They're not like a snake or a crocodile, right? They're they're these just non-aggressive animals. So when you make them aggressive, unless it makes you fuck it with a beaver, beavers actually can be pretty damn vicious. They will attack you. If realistically, you, yes, but in your head, yes. the perception yeah. of beavers. Mm-hmm. The way that normal people would see them, they would just be like, oh, look, a beaver. Like, you know, they're not going to think that, like, oh, yeah, my God, run little, the fuck away. Look at those cute little buck teeth. <laughs> exactly. um, so you, I think your answer with sloth is very good because it's a fun, it would be funny, right? That's because that's what you're going for. You're looking for mm-hmm. an animal that is just completely unthreatening looking. So, like, armadillos, mm. maybe? I think the camel one is great. I was going to say camel. giraffes. That, actually, that made me Giraffes? Yeah. Oh, my giraffes. God. Or if we're following, like, the St. Patrick's Day theme, I thought, like, an Irish settler. Us, like, Irish settlers going crazy. 
Oh, yeah, shit. but giraffes for sure. Giraffes, yeah, giraffes. that's a good one. Jesus Christ, that'd be scary as fuck. Or like muskrats. Yeah, dude, giraffes are fucking weird. Like when you really think about the structure of a giraffe, it's fucking weird. Giraffes or zebras. Zebras would be good. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, giraffes. If you like, that's what makes you like amazed at like life. It's like look at a fucking giraffe. Just take a yeah, look at dude. it. The genetic makeup of a giraffe is so fucked up. Dude, they have like a 40-foot neck. Mm -hmm. What is that? That's something out of a fucking dream world. Elephants would be a good one too because elephants are like, you know, the smartest animal. So to see like an elephant, elephant zombies would be awesome. Dolphins. Or dolphins. An elephant zombie would be freaky because elephants are fucking huge. I know. And they're smart like, as fuck. Huge. And you can make it all rotted, like like holes in its ears and stuff, and fucking just gross looking. There yeah. You go. That, that's, that would be freaky as shit, man. I'm sticking with giraffes. <laughs> giraffe is pretty funny. And Irish settlers. <laughs> yeah, that was actually one of the funnest questions I think we've ever had. I was... Very thoroughly in. Oh, way to say everybody that. else sucks, moods. No, no, no. I just said you're just that. the dickhead that looks like looks at shit. Exactly. That That's not <laughs> what I'm saying. I'm just saying I had that was fun. That was fun. That was funny. Just yeah, that was odd awesome. question. Just a very odd one. But... Happy St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> yeah, so what Jeremy's Patrick. saying is all you other fuckers need to step your game up. Yeah. That's what he's saying. <laughs> of course, man. Everyone's really gonna think, asshole. Everyone's gonna think I fucking suck after this episode. It's gonna... <laughs> I can't wait to see the comments and be like, that Jewish kid's a fucking dick. Dude, when the fuck did Steve Buscemi turn into an asshole? I know, know, right? Like, he was the guy getting picked on in The Big Lebowski, you know? Yeah. When the fuck did he turn? When the fuck did he turn? After he watched Bloody Homecoming. Alright, so moving on, we have a voicemail. One of two voicemails from Derek, so let's go with... Number one from the good homie Derek. Hey guys, Derek. Uh, just wanted to let you guys uh, know. I hope all your packages. Glad all your packages came in perfect condition. They did. Hope you enjoyed the stuff in them. We did. Hope you guys enjoy seconds. Because I know you all got a copy of it. Dude, fucking Derek knows our schedule better than Jeremy. <laughs> JP, but this is this is this is a bona fide fact. Kiss my Jewish asshole. Jeremy's like, what dick. are we doing in episode sixty? And I was like, are you? Jeremy's like, serious? what are we doing in episode fifty-five? <laughs> when is the last he time I said what are we doing? He, this he asked what we were when doing the for the episode when when we jumped on Skype. He's like, what what movie are we reviewing tonight? And I was like, 
Come, like, man. Oh, 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 oh yeah, for yeah, fuck's yeah. sakes. He's like, I watched fucking What Happened to Baby Jane. I'm like, oh, I was like, Jeremy, f- we ain't even doing What Happened to Baby Jane anymore. <laughs> it's not even on the schedule, man. What the, the fuck? Films. I'm sorry. It fucking scrambles my brains. <laughs> So. Exactly, but, but no, seriously, like, I like it's funny that Derek even knows that that's what we do. I mean, we did say it a long time ago that every twenty episodes we'll do a viewer's choice, but I find it just I find it super awesome that he even knows that, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, so that's kind of what is planned. Props. We'll do another viewer's choice. Which, speaking of, we should probably post a poll pretty soon. Yeah, I mean, considering it is well, technically four episodes after this one, so. Yeah. That is coming up very, very quick, even though we do have that little break in there, so we have a little more time. But, yeah, we should probably get a poll together and get some uh, get some choices yeah. to to vote on. So, Yeah, if you guys have any choices that you want to throw out right now, do it in the comments of this video post on Facebook or this, you know, the episode post, the one that will be pinned. Or, do on, it on, or on YouTube if you're not on Facebook. Or you can go to my channel and just leave a comment. Either or. I mean, so – yeah, but episode and six, as yeah. yeah, as for seconds, um, I think it would be cool if we, you know, Jeremy mentioned that we should uh, at least review it on the podcast. And uh, I feel like the best spot for that would probably be episode 57, mm-hmm. right after Children of the Corn, like w- right before the main review and what we watched or something. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, I think we were going to do it right after what we watched before the main review. Yeah. Yeah, you guys down? Yeah, I think that's yeah, what we I mean, agree on. That's that's not a problem at all. Yeah. Because oh, there ain't no way we're stuffing it in between nine children and corn. <laughs> <I'm> just saying. <laughs> no, next <laughs> in, after no, children, you're not stuffing anything in. Seconds. You're not stuffing anything anywhere. <laughs> Dude, I'm thinking no, about going and buying some corn on the cob, sitting down watching some corn children and corn movies, looking like fucking. The only thing we're gonna be stuffing is our eyeballs after watching nine children on the corn films. Yes. Uh, with, at least I know the very jagged. You don't even know the corn because you haven't seen any of them, but the first one, I think. Yep. You're gonna fucking. That's a true statement. Oh, you're gonna God, be dude. found hanging in a closet. To be honest, with you know, Roper on your neck. Yeah. The second right. half of the films, you might be. Everyone knows me too. My pretentious assholeness. <laughs> yeah. Well, <clears throat> you won't be alone in your hatred for the children of the corn. Children house. of the corn six ratings. Um, nine and a half out of ten. <laughs> Oh God! I'll no. Blow your minds. There's no, no fucking way. way. There's no fucking no. way. I, 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 I'll save it for the show. But we yeah. have one I'll... more voicemail from Derek. You guys ready for that? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, right now, play it. Where's Derek again? Hey, what's up, guys? I thought of another question while I was hanging up on my last voicemail. So, I'm going to just throw out another question to you guys. I was thinking this for a while. I remember Jeremy posting a French film and uh, Moves made a comment, comment about if Jeremy if, it was, if the French made a SOV film, <laughs> Jeremy would still praise it. <laughs> that was JP. So here's my question to you guys. What would your version of a French shot on video film be about your premise? Like they have back from you guys. Mm. Wicked awesome. 
I honestly have no idea. Me neither, because I'm not a shot on video person. Well, I it mean, would it's just, just be it's, it's just a, a premise film. of a film just that's shot on video. <clears throat> I mean, you could go real cliched and have it like you, you have know, to have lots uh, of bush, lots of bush. He's, he's, he's a you know a bread baker, and he starts you know he goes on the killing spree with a fucking with a stale baguette. <laughs> 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 he's like, fuck man, it's not fucking funny. Uh, Gotta have no because it's French, man. It's French. Uh, French are okay with being naked. That's why you have to have bush. You know, you know, even bringing up the thought of like a foreign shot on video film, like there's not that many mm-hmm. I can even think of. Like, really, like I, have, I don't even oh, think or, I can even think of one. It's really well, strange. The I mean, problem sure is with that is that there's a filter, right? Anytime you live somewhere else, you're only going to get the stuff that that filtered through the system of good and bad, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's why. Most of the French films we know about are awesome because why would we know about the bad ones? You know, some sneak through here and there, but I mean, it's that with most countries. I mean, obviously, Italy's a little different because they were so ingrained in, you know, filmmaking that we got a lot more of that stuff over here. But when you're yeah. talking about countries like Spain and, 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 you know, these other countries, we're, we're really only seeing the good shit. And I bet you all the fucking filmmakers who are making shit on shit on video back in the day <laughs> they probably didn't you know make their way over to here <laughs> yeah true that it's interesting <clears throat> but i'm sticking with my stale baguette killer well i think that <laughs> because this i mean exactly... you have to have a cheesy ass storyline for a cheesy made film shot mm-hmm. on video stale bread i mean you could probably fuck someone up if you sharpen that end of that baguette up you know <laughs> <laughs> only you would come up with that <laughs> jesus I don't I mean, know you got what the tools. You're a baker. You know you got some knives. You just, what, are you going to you know, fucking make a little baguette a dagger and... Too and fucking break a teacup? What is a baguette? I, that's what I'm missing here. It's a it's a bread. It's like elongated yeah. bread. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of in the shape of like a it's a like dildo. a small machete. <laughs> a dildo. <laughs> or a dildo, exactly. <laughs> so you could you could make a little fucking, you know, spike out of that and and take out people with it, man. You're the you're the serial baker. What's that movie go. with Warwick Davis that he uses plates to kill people? Um, came out by Fantasia. Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, what is it? Had oh, Warwick Davis. Fuck? It came out with. It has a really dude. shitty cover, and Warwick Davis kills people with plates, like by throwing plates. That's his weapon of choice. When dude, did this come out for some like, fucked up reason. I can't remember like, the fuck. It's skin deep. Skin, skin deep. deep. That's it. Like early two yeah. thousand. Never even heard of this. Has Warwick oh, Davis. Dude, I actually had bad. in one of my best. Of, it no. It's so. It's fucking. It's actually. Yeah. It's a bad film. But it, the characters in it are like beyond ridiculous, man. It's so actually kind of fun. I mean, really, Warwick Davis throwing plates at people? <laughs> Fuck yeah! And and like the main villain in it is kind of like a it's kind of like a Leatherface type deal. He wears this like real steel mask. It's fucking kind of badass, man. But um, yeah, not for everybody. <laughs> That's what I heard. <laughs> One of my way. friends told me about it, and I was like, he's like, oh, this movie fucking sucks. So I was like, oh, I have to tell moods. Yeah, I actually didn't mind it. I thought it was okay. <laughs> uh, okay, so. so really what I, what you need to do is you need to get the original script for High Tension or Switchblade Romance and shoot it shot on video style. See how it turns out. <laughs> tell me you wouldn't watch that. Go ahead and tell me you wouldn't watch that. I would watch anything shot on video because <laughs> it's fun. It's, oh, my It's God. really, really I'm trying to picture that painful fun sometimes. I can picture it pretty good, actually. Yeah. 
and it looks very weird. (laughs) 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 Ah, good stuff. It's just like, it's like, it's like if you watch Halloween without music. Like, that's kind of what I think of it as. Like, it's just not as good. Mm -hmm. It's just pretty bad, actually. It's just that it, it loses something magical, right? Have you ever watched the, you know, Halloween film without music? Like, there's been clips online where they take the music out. Like, it is not the same at all. Oh, yeah. And that's yeah, man. Music, music is a video. huge part mm-hmm. of a film. You know, like you know, when you really it's the most important you, part. That's it's the thing, man. If you if you watch a scene and you just kind of take it for granted, but then you watch that exact scene without the music, like you really fucking all of a sudden notice it. If you were never someone that noticed how effective and how much music really mm-hmm. kind of made a film until you watch some without sound, holy fuck, dude. Yeah, but yeah, there's it's, it's there's special cases, now. obviously, though, because like Chainsaw, for example, like the lack of music actually helps the film. Exactly. No, there's certain cases, right? For sure. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, so that does it for the uh, voicemails and questions. No questions. Nobody ever has any questions for us anymore. Well, I'm just don't get. I just if they happen, I just my hands are up in the air. I'm like that. Somebody else get them. <laughs> yeah, I well, cannot keep track. Of them. Mm-hmm. Cool that, cool that. Alrighty, getting into, well, a newer segment that we call Knowledge. So, this segment is basically, yeah, it's just talking about, yeah, shit the breeze, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's where, it's called Knowledge because we're delivering knowledge to you people because we're extra super duper smart. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, Jeremy, do you got this? Uh, you Besides got this one? me, because I say movies that are usually good typically sounds like shit, so I guess I'm not that <laughs> smart. But yeah. Jeremy's still ragging on himself. <laughs> because I feel like if people listen to this episode, they're going to be like, damn, that kid sounds like an asshole. I guess they say that every time. I guess so. The first time listeners are going to be like, holy fucking Steve Buscemi on this yeah. episode, man. Dicks and pussies. It's like, how did they get an interview with Steve Buscemi, and <laughs> why is he pissed off? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I guess Dick gets fucked by assholes as team mate. Kind of, dude. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like picturing Steve Buscemi's face when Jeremy talks. A little bit, yeah, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. Never thought about it until the comment. I was like, "Damn, we do have Steve yeah. Buscemi on our that's show." For those, that's a shitty comment because he's one ugly motherfucker. So that's a shitty. Uh... He's that. He said, "Sounding." I know. Didn't sound it. But for those of you who are unfamiliar, because we do this all the time, I'll listen back and I'll be like, oh, wow. Like somebody who would be unfamiliar would be like, what the hell are they talking about? But <clears throat> there was a comment that was left on our last podcast that said, one of you guys sound like Steve Buscemi. And I knew it wasn't me. And I knew it wasn't Mood. So it had to be Jeremy. So that's where that came from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. All right, Steve. No. Sorry, I had to click for a second. All right. So. So everybody knows that during the first few Blu-ray releases that Artsploitation put out, the Blu-rays were uh, uh, Blu-ray R's and not pressed. And um, you know, and now the new Cub Blu-ray that we got is now pressed. So you know, I wanted to know you guys' opinions um, over the DVD R slash pressed type of controversy that we see with these burned on demand type titles because you guys look at me you know i won't have any of those movies because i don't want to spend money for something that i could really i know it's shit you know shitty and you know shady to do go online and do it myself so you know i want to know your guys opinions between burned and you know legitly pressed 
movies that these companies are releasing. Yeah. Um, to be honest, man, I don't really have the hugest problem with the with the you know Blu-ray R's or the DVD R's. To be honest, because I'm an honest person, and I know for a fact that I'm not going to go online, download a film, and burn it for myself. It's just not going to happen. I know yeah, other people either. will, but yeah. you know. So for me, when I see it, I'm just like, okay. But I understand what art exploitation was doing at the time. I think they did state that they didn't have the equipment, the equipment or yeah. the yet to actually press them up at the time and they said hey in the future they are going to be you know legitimately pressed uh, blu-rays and of course we've seen that with the new release of cub um so i do respect that that they did tell people that and stuff but to be honest i don't really have the hugest problem with it um because i am buying it you know i'm getting the case i'm getting the art and you know i'm spending the money on it theoretically it's the same transfer it's not like you're lessening the transfer it is about the film in itself legs and that's where I was getting well, that. That's, and that's on the flip side, exactly. and on the flip side, exactly where I was getting to. And on the flip side, if you look at it, though, you know, you are paying for something, you know, relatively the same price that is a lot cheaper to produce, you know, mm-hmm. than the than the press copy. And that's where it kind of gets me a little bit. So, you know, if I think about it in terms of the film and the artwork and the packaging stuff, I'm fine with that. But paying the full price for the, you know, the the you know the press the non press disc. Yeah, that that's a little frustrating. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I think that if they're going to be doing that, it should be a lesser price because it's obviously quite. Co- and it's I know you not talk about like, as much you as you talk about Killer Party all the time. That's the name of it, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a that's a burn that's a Warner Archive release, and yeah. um, you know, to be honest, it's not a VHS transfer. They actually, you know, they did something yeah. with that transfer. It's fucking phenomenal, and you know, I knew what I was getting myself into, but it is the only way to get the movie. And so I kind of had to bite the bullet. And I, at first, I was like, I don't know about these. And plus, we all know that the Warner Archive collection, yeah, Burn on Demands, are fucking expensive. Actually, yeah, as a matter of fact, that's all these companies, all these, all these companies that are doing it, it's not just Warner Archive. It's um, there's a few other companies. I think MGM even has a Burn on Demand program now too. And Paramount that, does too. Don't Paramount, they? Too. But yeah. But even so like, everyone, everyone's even catching Amazon on to this. Does. But the problem is. They're charging way too much. These are fucking not legitimately pressed up discs, which we know are costing less. Okay, we are getting the case. We're well. getting the, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like they have like all the and, Rugrats. It's like, why can't you fucking release those legit? Yeah. I would buy those. It's, it's, what it really comes down to is the prices here. It's astronomically way too high. Yeah. Way too high for these, like, you know, 20 bucks or 18 to 20 dollars for these burn on demand discs is, not a good price at all because we know that the, how much a disc costs we know what the art in the case if you put everything together you know and you know, maybe the license i don't know exactly how it works with that but it's not costing 20 dollars. it's ridiculous so i do have a problem with that yeah Ugh. so my thing is obviously you're paying for the movie itself right so how much is that film worth right mm-hmm. yeah so if you are buying let's say killer party how much is it worth? What do you say, Modes? Like five bucks? That's what it would cost to rent it, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of. Because we that's what you pay for the movie, so five bucks. Then what does it cost to make the product? Yeah. So you once know, you add it, those together... <coughs> Mm-hmm. It, we're talking. You we're, take, we're talking under ten dollars. So it, yeah, it, and I under, I understand that these companies have to make a little bit of profit. Yeah, too. but not a hundred times their profit. But that's the thing. Like, so it, if these things are costing just under ten dollars for the whole thing, twenty dollars is quite the fucking markup, man. That's 
pretty crazy. Jeremy, how much would it cost you mm-hmm. to to make a a, a copy mm. of Killer Party or something like legitimately? Legitimately or per- burned? No, like burned. Okay, burned. Copy, but like we're let's, talking, you know, with the yeah, actual yeah, yeah. Real paper mm-hmm. artwork. Oh, let's see. DVD, blank DVD. Mm, buy in bulk, five cents if you buy in bulk. So, five cents for the DVD. For investing in a good printer, if you're going to do this a lot, um, on ink wise, I don't know, four, three dollars for the ink for one cover. I would say probably less if you buy in bulk. So that's three oh five, probably a dime for the case if you buy in bulk, three fifteen, and then the artwork you could get a pretty good laser. Engraver now that comes in most burners, you know that's another forty dollars investment. So let's just say if you make a hundred, whatever, probably five bucks. Okay, so five bucks, and then you, and then let's say, let's say that the film, you know, what I, I mean, honestly, with a film old like old, as old as Killer Party, nobody's gonna rent it for over a dollar ninety nine, right? Yeah, Nobody. Yeah. So. Five, six, seven bucks? Yeah, I would mm-hmm. say that's fair, yeah. So then maybe ten. you factor in like ten, right? Make it ten. Not twenty. Yeah, ten should be the maximum for a burn on demand. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right? Unless exactly. now Blu ray's a little different, yeah. but a, a, an archive title like Killdozer or whatever, mm-hmm. that should be Nine ninety nine and under. There's yeah. no way it should be higher than that, and that's my biggest issue with those things. Because um, I just don't feel like, and they have they have means that are more than what me and you have, right, Jeremy? Yeah. They're getting this stuff cheaper no matter what. Because they're buying in bulk. Yeah, they're not only are they buying in bulk, but they they have relationships, yeah. and they're getting they're getting a corporate rate instead of yeah. like a. But the thing is you with know, Amazon too, like they're literally, you know, they're making these copies apparently as you order them. So they're not, they're not That's accounting like the for the fact of like pressing up a hundred copies of Home Sweet Home and then only selling forty. So they're, and, you know, going like to mark up to try and recoup like, for their losses. That's the thing with like I offer that pisses me off that people go on there, they charge ten bucks for a movie that's on VHS that they probably rip and then they spend five cents on a disc and they send it, they sell it for ten bucks because. People are assholes. Yeah, with no cover with no cover art. arts, they put in the paper sleeve. That's literally cost them five cents to do that and a little bit of time. It's, it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's bullshit. I hate I offer how that put how that website stays open boggles my fucking mind. How copyright people haven't came and closed it down because you can go on there and you can fucking buy gutter balls in two seconds. Like it's no problem. It's like how yeah, are yeah. people not getting fucked over copyright and how is that website staying open? It just boggles my mind. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, fuck those guys. Yeah. There's a difference if you're putting out like Monster yeah, Visions yeah, yeah. or Freddy's Nightmares or something. Nick fucking shows, if like, the company's not going to release it and you can't get it anyway, then fuck that company. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck them. They don't. They, they if they want the money, it's there. Put it out and I'll yeah. buy it regularly. So I'm all down for all these films that, like Elves and shit that never mm-hmm. made it to DVD. Make those as many as you want, and I'm glad that that they have some sort of way to get them. You know. I like but that, like, but when you're taking something like gutter prices, balls, no, but like a few days or, ago, somebody like, or like two weeks ago, somebody posted on the Facebook page like, "Oh, is this bootleg website any good?" And they had like Fright Night Two and Evil Ed on there, and I went off on that person because I was like, "If you can't afford the film, you know, just don't buy a bootleg of it." Well, I would buy a bootleg of Fright Night Two. Why? 
you're stealing that person because I can't get it. You're stealing. I can't get it anywhere. Mm. I don't well, know. There, but the thing is, though, there was a there was a bunch of titles that were listed on that site that were very readily available. It may you might be paying, yeah, you know, different prices that aren't like eighty dollars, like Fright Night too. But there was a bunch of titles on there. I was like, ooh, I don't know about that. Like, I I mean, I could pick that up for five bucks. I'm like the fuck. So that that's a little that's a little. Sketchy. I don't know. I even think like out of print movies like they're. Like as JPO says, they're probably going to get re-released in the future. So it's like, they are, and I'll buy the re-release version too. You think I want? I'm a collector. I, I understand I that, but I think if that, if you can't afford to buy the out of print release, then you should probably just wait. Yeah, I don't. Well, know. I mean, I mean, there's a difference. If I can rent it, then yeah, I won't buy the the bootleg or whatever. But some of those titles, like what? Remember that title we was trying to review on here, like uh, Anthrophagus or something. Whatever I forget what it was. It was for one of the viewers' choice. Me and you couldn't find it. Oh yeah, Calvert. That's what it was. We couldn't find it anywhere that was reasonably priced. We couldn't rent it anywhere. That if I had more time, I would have bought a bootleg. And I have no issue with that at all. And I honestly see no problem with it because, look, if it's not available, it's not. It's no harm, no foul. They're not losing money on anything because there's no way for me to give them money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good way of looking at it. If there was like a way completely. for me to give them money, then yeah, I'll I'll, I'll give exactly. I'll send them a fucking two bucks and a yeah. check. I, or I mean, we don't have now. to sit here and state that you know you know that we're collectors and we don't have to vouch for ourselves because we know that we're gonna buy that legit release if we could. Yeah. But if you're not if yeah. you're not if you're not gonna make it available to us, then like you said, fuck that company. It's bullshit. I mean, technically, see the thing is with the Freddy's the, nightmare that drives me nuts is that they're sitting on them. And, yeah, but and look it's at, like I have yeah, a feel, but, there has to be some sort of music. I don't know, but look at Universal. There's definitely music. There's definitely music issues with that. I know this isn't there's horror, def- but look at Universal. Look how long they sat on the Back to the Future animated series. They're just releasing them now, and they've been sitting on those for just as long, knowing that people would probably buy them. So you know, I think studios. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, Freddy's Nightmares will eventually hit DVD. It's if the Wonder Years can make it, anything oh, yeah. can make it. Because that mm-hmm. film had st- those shows had Same so with Daria. many. Look at fucking Daria. And, yeah. and I have the. Compl- I was so excited when they announced Daria. Yeah. I bought that shit twenty five bucks for the complete yeah. collection. I watched it all the way through twice. Love yeah, that show. Awesome. But Freddy's Nightmares. I'm one day it'll happen. But you know that also brings up another thing, and this happens in the video game market, right? Uh, somebody yeah. buys, let's say, the new Halo, right? And then they don't like it. They give it to GameStop, and GameStop sells it used for fifty bucks. Fifty four ninety nine. Fifty four ninety nine or whatever. The video game company gets none of that. It's the same thing as Jeremy buying all his DVDs at the Family Video. Is that wrong? No, not really. Even though no money is going directly to the people, and but there's no extra DVDs value already. Family Video yeah. paid those studios for, D- for the DVDs, so they already got their money. It doesn't matter. Now Family Video owns those DVDs, and they're selling them to me. Yeah, they're secondhand mm. selling. But what mm. I'm saying is is that yeah. like the video, ge- the video game corporations are like losing out on tons of money because of GameStop, well, right? GameStop. Like, that's why they were saying that no- used copies, you know, it won't work in new systems or whatever i forget yeah. what they they tried mm-hmm. doing that and everybody flipped oh, yeah. shit right <laughs> everybody so that was the reason why that was like the big thing between but, the new xbox and playstation they're like oh playstation could do this and xbox couldn't and microsoft was like oh shit we just fucked up big time 
and they changed their mind. And to be completely reason, I was going to buy an Xbox, but the second that Microsoft said that, I got a PS4 instead. And they fucked up, but I didn't see what you're getting at, JP. So, so yeah. my question to you is, is okay, so let's say I buy that bootlegged copy, mm-hmm. right, of Fright Night 2, right? What's the difference be, between me buying that and me buying another used copy that existed because they the already world. got money for it's, that used copy a long time ago and the people who are selling it haven't paid the studio at all but there's no more copies for them to get money for see what i'm saying so how but they, what, what, what they already got paid for those copies that they made yeah yeah so I think it's I think it's more the fact that you know the person that made this bootleg copy is just making money off that I think that's the major yeah, problem that's that people have a problem. With. Yeah, that's like, what yeah, I was trying to get at. Because what they're doing is they're making this bootleg coffee for five, you know, cents. forty cents. You know, but it's also and they're selling for it for, and they're selling it for and fucking Code Red to make money too. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying I know Code, code Red is a touchy one because you know there is films that uh, that they obviously did go through the process of. Basically, Code Red, in a sense, can be like the fanciest bootleg company. You can call them that because there is a lot of titles that they did not get the rights to to release. And Pit Stop, most recently, is you know Kino. a great example. It's a great example. They they did not have the rights to release that. Um, so how do they not so, get sued up the ass? I don't fucking know how Code Red gets away how with it, man. Like, I don't know how Bill that. gets Couldn't away with it. To just be honest. Yeah, how did but MVD... Arrow is the official release because they actually got the rights. I'm saying, how did how does MVD not go over after fucking Code Red and and no Kino? Idea. Didn't Kino release fucking Pit Stop in partnership with Code Red? It was it Kino? Yeah, it was Kino. So how are they yep. fucking not? I don't know. That's fucked. That's fucked. You, up. you know how many films out there that works, that, they, that exist? I mean, there's a lot of shit people... scenes, right? But yeah. <clears throat> listen, and I heard this from. Other people, other, uh, I think Lustig maybe a long time ago on a podcast. Who who owns Blue Underground? Yeah, William Lustig. Really? Okay, I heard him say before that, that there are so many films out there that no one owns. They could release because they can't find out who has the rights to them. But when you have a big company like that, it's not worth the risk, right? That's why Bill over at Code Red is doing everything himself. We'll take that risk. And nine times out of ten, he probably won't get in any trouble because nobody – maybe the rights really are screwed up. Mm-hmm. Or, But that doesn't mean he owns them, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean that he owns them. It just means that they can't find See, the real owner. Who is re-releasing all the Anchor Bay titles that were out of print in the past? Well, they're getting dispersed though. They're getting over – there's – I'm just saying there, like he released – Yeah, they're going. He, he released Neo Maniac, Neon Maniacs, mm-hmm. fucking Code Red. And but that was Anchor Bay, Bay never owned those films, yeah. right? They licensed yeah, so who them. The hell, yeah, those are dead. The same people that who they knows? licensed them from, Bill should have licensed them from. It's not like the person probably changed hands. But way. rights cho- change hands all the time too. Like Koss – from what I hear, Koss owns the mm-hmm. Phantasm films again besides two. Right? How the fuck did he get them from MGM or Universal or whoever had them last? Mm-hmm. You know, it happens. But I think if a film like Sometimes, Neon Maniacs is going to sell rights, then I think it'd be pretty easy to find out who owns those rights if somebody. Bought them. You know what? I think I you think would think the, so, uh, but I... the director, the director. I think I just heard about this. I think the directors, because he killed himself, right? The director of Neon Maniacs, like right after the film was released. Uh, no more than me. If that happened, I didn't. I don't know. I actually don't okay, know. Okay, it might not be him. I might be thinking of something else, but I think that mm. if, it, if I'm thinking of the same thing, 
someone in his family, the rights got owned the rights. So I think that that one might be a special case. So maybe he fucking Bill licensed them or whatever. Yeah. But but who really knows? I mean, this whole rights thing, Hooper, and licensing out and stuff like we don't really really know. You know, I mean, I know Bill has been accused many times in the past, and that's just, you know, this is just what we read and what we hear and stuff of him releasing films that he did not acquire or like, like license from somebody or get the rights or whatever it may be. But so therefore, we don't know which films these are and which they aren't. You know, so we just don't fucking know. That's shady, man. That's bad. That, that is that is kind of the problem. Like we really don't know which ones that we're buying that are you know legally being released by Bill or illegally, technically, if you want to get technical. So, you know, and all this word about you know Code Red being you know the fanciest bootleg company. I mean, yeah, I guess you could say that, or you you know other people obviously obviously dispute it because you know as his real loyal fan base but we don't even fucking know which films he actually did acquire the rights to or license out so i don't know man okay so it was not it's a fucking mystery to me it was not the director who died or who killed himself after neon maniacs it might have been an actor or something i know i heard this story before see the the one i'm thinking of is you know, Slaughter High, where the main character from Slaughter High killed himself after the film. Maybe that's what it was, huh? That's just when I heard you say that story, I, I immediately thought of Slaughter High because, you know, the, the main geek that gets bullied and does. Anyways, he killed himself in real life after the film was released. Hmm. Kind of a weird hmm. story, but uh, yeah, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, man. the whole. Honestly, I, I've thought about this many times, and, uh, you know, the whole Code Red thing has always been a mystery to me. You know how they're getting away with it, or if they are doing things legit. I know I've heard so many different stories. We don't really fucking. That's know. That's why I would so. never buy Code Red. I'm sorry. You know, that's, but that's yeah, well, shape. that's the thing, right? And, and, and I, that's, I have such a big moral. Yeah, like, I have like, like I just don't want to support. A dick I'm in film like school that. to make money, not for some asshole to fucking steal my movie and. Sell I mean, it. I understand all those. I understand those points completely, and I know a lot of the earlier Code Red releases. You know, for the first few years that they were doing it for they were you know these were barcode sold in stores type deal and i'm pretty fucking sure that he was acquiring the rights and doing it legitimately at least in those days because it'd be pretty hard to be you know yeah. putting your shit out into major retailers stores if they were fucking bootlegs I, I just can't imagine that really happening it generally would not happen so a lot of the earlier releases i don't feel like I'm, you know, stealing someone's fucking film by buying, you know, Code Red and mm-hmm. it could potentially be a bootleg, you know, and, and that's the case in the films that I just picked up, you know, with Sweet 16 and Soul Survivor and stuff. These are barcoded films that were early releases by Code Red. Now, as for a lot of the ones after he decided that, you know, fuck the retailers, I'm going to do this shit on myself because I know it was costing him money, you know, the story with all this bullshit. And then he started doing his big cartel stuff. And then that's when all the shit started coming out about Code Red, always releasing films without rights, not without the rights, blah, blah, blah. And now it is a little shady. So if you look at the films with Well, not even that. It's like even more shady fact, now I think, I that he doesn't exactly. want to ship outside of the U.S. It's like, hmm, you know, that's even more a little bit more shady than I know, and his excuses, 
and, it, and his excuse is, oh, Canadian customs. Like, nah, when, there's when something else going me. on there. <clears throat> no, I'm, I'm just saying, this I is think what he's, he wrote. I think he's, he's like, oh, Canadian customs is always, you know, they're always fucking losing shit and blah, blah, blah. And it's all you Canadian whiners and blah, blah, blah. This is like an email. I wish I fucking kept that, man. It was so good. I think it's like, it was no, just I'm such thinking proof you're that he's such a fucking fun. asshole. Yeah, you're you know, it's just proof money. that he's such a fucking asshole. Yeah, exactly. And that was brought up before. And I was like, you know, <laughs> quite possibly. Yeah. So just to uh, clear that up, the Neon Maniacs thing, it was actually the writer <laughs> who committed suicide. Okay. He, uh, after he wrote, he co-wrote Pumpkinhead, pumped the original Pumpkinhead and buried alive as well. Mm. Uh, but yeah, he committed suicide in 1997. Uh, I knew I heard something about mm. that, but I guess it didn't apply to what we was talking about, but I just wanted to throw that out there. Okay. But yeah, what it all comes down to, we don't really fucking know what's going on. <laughs> I mean, we just don't. Yeah. We can all we all we can do is talk about Code Red and speculate, but I mean at the same time it's it's not right either. You know, as much as I don't approve of what he may be doing, we're speculating. Mm-hmm. Like for the But most not part. only that, his, his I just don't like his business tactics. Whether he's oh, getting his films legitimately or not. Yeah. I just don't like the way he does things. Exactly. So I'm not going to support that dickhead. I'm not going to buy any – even though I want spontaneous combustion on Blu-ray because – And now he's going through screen archives, which is like, oh, this is even more fucking shady. Two shady companies combining forces. Hmm. Yeah. But the main thing – Same thing with those Twilight Time dickheads. I'm so glad all those people who bought Fright Night was like, you know, waited in line <laughs> – on the internet <laughs> what, their what, what imaginary lineup was this was, was this a lineup of keyboards <laughs> yeah it's like where you where you sit there and wait for it to be posted and sell that's waiting in line kind of so and and now sony who didn't even you know didn't have any agreement with uh twilight time to where they said hey we won't release it ourselves for any amount of time they can release it anytime they want so fucking Twilight Time lied to everybody and was like, this is going to be the only release. This is going to, you know, limited and shit. And now it's coming out from Sony for like 15 bucks. <clears throat> awesome. Yeah, I know. That Fuck just, Twilight that, Time. That, that, oh, dude. That made me solid. <laughs> <laughs> when I heard that, I was like, holy fuck, that's amazing. See, the main thing I wanted to... Good news. It's good news. Yeah, know? the main thing I wanted to get out of this knowledge is that I'm totally fine with people like Artsploitation, you know, Dustin Mills, all those people who... Are still, you know, exploitation. While they've released some good stuff, they're really still a really independent small company that's mm-hmm. run by. Oh, they're they're completely in their youth. you know embryonic yeah. stage. So for them, I can yeah. understand them, you know, giving me the DVD, Blu-ray, R's, not DVDs. They press everything DVD-wise, but Blu-rays. Okay, that's fine because they're just starting to put their films on Blu-ray and things like that. And people like Dustin Mills, independent people, that's fine. I'm not having a problem with that. The main thing that I had is, like I, like we talked about, is the Warner Archive type people who are basically just ripping a file onto a DVD-R and selling them when they have way more than enough money already yeah. to do a, like, a limited... <clears throat> but even yeah. then, it all comes down to the, better it than It comes down to the price for yeah. me, though. You know, I don't really have a problem with Warner Archives releasing Killer Party as a burn on demand, it's them charging nineteen ninety nine for it. Exactly. That's fucked up. Yeah. That's really fucked up. <laughs> so if those things were five bucks a piece, I, everybody yeah. would buy them. Dude. Yeah, exactly. I would buy. They the would shit sell out of them. so like, much more than they're making right now. You lower that price, man. People buy those up. I mean, you'd be surprised at how many people don't really have too big of a problem with that. If that's the only way to get that film, 
it's coming from that studio, I'm fucking cool with that. If I'm paying $9.99, sure as shit, I would own six copies of Killdozer right now. <laughs> Maybe not. The only but. thing, the only thing that I will say about the art exploitation burn on demands is our buddy Kyle got his copies of, um, you know, the the what was it? There they did three, right? Their Samurai, the treatment, uh, the treatment, and Horsehead. Yeah. When he got Horsehead, it wouldn't play in his player. Yeah, I know. So he had to play it. He had to play it. Uh, it I think it was his PS3 that it wouldn't yeah, play in. That actually. makes sense. Or PS4 that does or whatever. Make sense. But yeah, yeah. But now, hey, they they did what any growing company should do, and they took the next yeah. step. Now they're pressed. So awesome. In conclusion, we don't really have a problem with it as long as they don't charge out the ass. Yeah, that uh, that twenty five minute conversation, we don't have a problem with it. And don't don't steal people's work, <laughs> fucking assholes. I yeah. offer. I'm calling out. There's a lot of shady shit out there, and you know people are so willing to just take the easy road or the cheap road, and you don't really think of you know it in the bigger picture. But teach its own. You know I'm not going to sit there and and preach to people and tell them what they can and can't do. But I'm just telling you, and like we all are. It's not just me. Us three. It's shady. So morbid fad yeah. and rabid stack. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. So moving along with mood swings and concluding morbid mood swings, fact. like we always do, we'll get into the morbid fact of the day. Um, you know, the Rabbit corners stats. report actually. Fuck that up. That's called the corners report of weird stats and morbid facts, courtesy of Rumor Magazine. Um, this today's quirky fact is coming from issue 138 uh, from October of 2013. Um, this was the uh, 50 Years of Gory uh, issue, which is really cool. It's got H.D. Lewis, Dario Gento, Tom Savini. You got, oh my God, Jorg Bodegort. <laughs> that dude. How the fuck do you pronounce his name? Bodegort? <laughs> Jorg Bodegort. Look at JP. And... That's not I don't bad. even know if that's right. Speaking fucking that, German like a pro. That sounded that sounded way better than mine. And of course, Fred Vogel. This is actually a really good issue. Um, but yeah, so the corners report, and the one I picked out for today is one I can't fucking find. Oh yeah, here we go. Um, I, I really, you know, I've never thought of it before of like repeating one <laughs> because I don't know what I've said in the past. But what would be the chances of that? Um, anyways, I thought this was kind of funny. In a GQ interview from early 2012, country musician Billy Ray Cyrus stated that his family was being attacked by Satan. In particular, he blamed director David Lynch of Mulholland Drive, in which Cyrus had a had a part, for bringing the devil into their lives. Well, I guess her daughter turned into the devil. Fuck Are it, you pal. fucking kidding me? Really? Like, so he had a part in this movie, and now the devil is invading his family? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what is Billy this, Ray guys or something? Holy fucking... Ugh. Well, I feel sorry for him, man. A lot of wackos My achy-breaky heart is feeling fun. You know, it's like... <laughs> God. I don't know, man. Anyways, that was the first one I, I looked at, and I was like, fuck it, I'm reading it, so... Anyways, guys, that's gonna do it for uh, Mood Swings this week. And yeah. Alrighty, so yeah, moving into what we watched for the week. Of course, we all know what this is. WWW. Um, Stupid! <laughs> I only did that just to piss Jeremy off. He doesn't like when we abbreviate it and call it WWW, but 
I don't really know why. It's Jeremy's like that quick. old guy who's like, you got damn quick. kids. Yeah, you can't you know, fucking short take quick, one man. extra breath and say what we watched. You have to go, WWW. Oh, whatever, man. I it's like short and quick, w. man. It's stylized, dog. I like short Get some quick. sense of style to you, yeah. you little Our plain podcast Jane. podcast is called 22 Shots of Moves and Horror. You have to take a fucking breath in the middle of it, so don't give me that shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we should have fucking abbreviated that one. <laughs> if you guys really want, we can drop the moods and horror. It can be 22 shots. That's fucking fine with me. I don't. Need... I call it 22 shots all the time. So do I. I actually say 22 shots and all the time. Just I like I call 22 shots podcast. But anyways, yeah, guys. I also say chainsaw instead of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Three. That's just being fucking lazy, JP. That's just lazy shit. I like calling it chainsaw. <laughs> I know. I know, but it's... It, it's Friday confusing four. if you're saying it, it's confusing if you're saying chainsaw because when I think chainsaw of chainsaw, I think it, <laughs> I'm thinking of chainsaw 3D, right? When you if you're referring to the original Texas that was chainsaw called Massacre, Texas Chainsaw as well. I guess, but I would I, that, I think that <laughs> but what I'm saying I just refer to the word chainsaw as being the chainsaw 3D one for some weird reason I don't know why I just do. Yeah. Anyways, what we watch this week? Who wants to go first? Nope, Jeremy. JP this week he's going first. I went. Moods goes. First okay, this fine. Week. I'll go. I'll go first this week. It's just you know what I'm introducing the. Th- it just it feels weird get if I go first. It's just bodies. Come on, get to it. <laughs> no. All right. So um, you know what? I'm gonna. I actually had a different film in front of me. <laughs> so I guess I'm doing this one. Um. Anyways, this one right here is from. Uh, I think officially came out in 2014, but. Um, it is from 2015. It came out of media in 2015. Uh, and it's a film called Girl House. Now, I heard brief things Brandon about this one. About this one yeah, j- just briefly, I'd heard people say decent things about it. And J- uh, Jason Lloyd also said it was really good. And, and of course, whenever I hear you know, good things about a slasher film, it really piques my interest because I love my slasher films. And it's not very often you get like a really, really good one nowadays. So... Yeah. Anyways, this one's called Girl House. Uh, it basically follows your main character. Um, shit. I think it's Kylie. I think her name is Kylie. Anyways, she's a, uh, she's a university or a college student and she's pretty much struggling to get through school because, you know, uh, she doesn't, what happens. she doesn't really have a lot of money. She's had some family issues. I think her, I think in the story, her father passed away and it's just her and her mom and they're really struggling. Anyways, she needs to make some extra money. Uh, she comes across this website. Or this this type deal, and it's called Girl House. And now, what Girl House is is basically the equivalent to Big Brother, but for Big porn. Brother. I knew he was going to say that. But for porno, and that it's literally like that. It's a place where, and nobody knows where this house is. It's just a bunch of girls that are in this house, and they have cameras all over the house. And you know, from the outside looking in. So, as a viewer, you can you know basically pay a fee to watch this live feed in this house. And what these girls do, they live normal. But they also do private shows, and they also have sex in there too. It's it, it has everything kind of this going is funny, on. Funny, JP. Me and you were talking about that a few days ago. How much cam girls? How we wish we were girls with big tits so we could fucking be cam girls and make a shit ton of money. <laughs> shit, I would do that but, in two seconds, man. Those fucking broads make so much money. So essentially, what we need to do have yeah, a twenty-two shots orgy and put it on the internet and make fucking. Shit. No, I was gonna say we just need to become managers of these cam girls and say <laughs> exactly, fuck it. exactly. What, the cam girl pimps or something. We just, no, we just have to convince dumb cam girls that they need managers. Oh, God. 
fifty percent. So essentially, <laughs> what Girl House is, it's it's you know the website, it's the name of the place, is Big Brother. That's what it is. But their whole idea behind Girl House is they don't just want to be known as like the normal type porn site. They wanted to give people or the viewers more. You know, they want the viewers to actually as start to to know the the people that live in the house. They want to get to know them because it's not just about sex. They, they watch their everyday lives. They're cooking. They're cleaning. They're they're doing all that type of stuff. So it's actually kind of a cool premise for a film. Uh, the thing is, of course, it's kind of a cool premise for a porn too. <laughs> exactly for porno. So this is exactly you know this is how she wants to make some extra money. She's a pretty wholesome girl, um, and you know she's very very good looking, of course. But this is a way to make some money. But anyways. So there's a very uh, regular type character called Loverboy that, you know, is on the Internet. And he's always watching and, you know, he's always talking to the girls and stuff. Anyways, you know, he's obviously a fucking weirdo. You know, he's always on there doing his thing. And all the girls kind of pretend that they like him and stuff. One thing leads to another. They kind of play a, a semi joke on him. He takes it a little fucking serious and makes his way over to Girl House. And now we got our film. Yeah, um, man, honestly, I really enjoyed this movie. It was fucking good. It was executed really, really well. Uh, I like the whole premise of the whole Big Brother thing. They didn't really exploit the sex as much as I thought they were going to. I thought it was going to be a little sleazier based on the premise. Um, you know, obviously you have your, you know, your live shows and stuff and, and, and all that type of sleaze kind of going on, but they did it classy, you know, and I, I think it really worked for the film because there's actually characters in the film that you care about, like the lead. You really do invest your time into liking her quite a lot, actually. And some of the other girls, not so much, but, you know, you also don't hate them, which is which is a big bonus, too. Um, I think kind of the subplot with the girl, uh, the main character and this guy that knew her from high school. This is how she starts a relationship in the, in the film with this guy that she knew from high school. He sees her on girl house and he's like holy shit i know that girl so she kind of starts with the relationship i probably could have done a little without that you know as much i didn't really think it was overly that strong for the film itself um but you know as to the slasher elements of the film fantastic man uh lover boy great mask in this film he plays actually it's played by slain now, I know Derek's listening to the show right now. He knows who Slane is. Slane uh, is an MC from Boston. He's from, uh, you know, a bunch of different groups. La Coca Nostra, as most people probably know him from. Uh, Slane's really big in that area. But anyways, he's been in quite a few films. But anyways, he plays the main villain. And he's awesome, man. He's really kind of burly. And he's got this wicked fucking mask. And he plays it really good. Really, really kind of scary and shit. Is it a wicked fucking awesome mask? It is. It's a good mask. It looks creepy as fuck. And the way he plays it, like, you know, it's a non-speaking role. You know, he doesn't really speak in the film at all. But he pulls it off quite well. The kills are pretty cool. Um, it's shot well. That's another thing that I really enjoyed about it, too. It, it, it captures a lot of really good kind of um, uh, really tense moments and stuff for a slasher film. And it, it's there's not a dull moment in the whole film, really. It just kind of... You know, it flows quite well, and I really enjoyed it, man. It's a really good film. Um, music's great in it. And, uh, you know, I, I shouldn't say the body count is overly that high, but it's quite interesting. I think one of the most interesting elements of this film is how Loverboy gets into Girl House. Mm-hmm. I won't spoil anything, but I think it's really kind of unique how they utilize this killer who's supposed to be kind of a fucking moron um, because they do have a backstory in the beginning of the film that kind of show how he is and stuff. And, but I think it's really interesting the elements of Loverboy. 
So I'll just leave it at that. But um, all around, really, really enjoyable. If you like hot girls, good kills, good atmosphere, good music, and a really good setup with an awesome killer, Girl House is for you. It's fantastic. Uh, nine out of ten. One of the best slashes I've seen in a long time. Mm. Very, very enjoyable. Nice. I'll definitely have to peep that one before the end of the year. Yeah, this one right here, um, my copy is from the UK, so it's a Region 2 DVD. It was really, really cheap. It was five pounds. So, yeah. Yeah, that'll have a Yeah, Phase 4 has the rights to it. Oh, Phase 4? Seriously? Do they? I got press releases for that film. Yeah. I posted news about it on the website and stuff a while back when it was in production. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Jimmy, you're up next. All right, I guess I'll go next. I'm going to talk about a film from 2014, released in 2015 by Dark Sky Films, and that is a film titled The, La- the Last Survivors, also known as The Well. Um, this movie is really interesting. I know from all the reviews that I've read, people don't like it. Um, I don't know why. It's not a bad film. It's a really interesting um it's not gory, it's not bloody or anything like that, but it's a really interesting um, character piece. Really had to have strong acting to carry the film. So we basically um, follow this girl, Kendall, who is our, our main character, our he- heroine in this, I guess you could say post-apocalyptic landscape. I don't know if the rest of the world is like that. They're in Port- in Oregon and Portland. So I don't know if that's just this section is, you know, post-apocalyptic or other places are. We never really explore this idea of what happened and why this world um, is ultimately um, out of water. It doesn't rain anymore. And all the water that's left is what's in the earth. And they have to drill it up to get, um, you know, any water that's left out in the earth so they never really explain why it's not raining or what happened and things like that which i think is a negative part of the film and i think i know that not everything has to be clearly blatant and obvious to the audience but i wish there was just a little bit of information um in the film about what was going on so you know it's just kendall who's living on this farm in portland and she's trying to um, survive with the water that she has that on this farm there's a well and the water of course is getting brought up from the earth in this well on this farm and she's trying to survive on left off water but there is a a guy named Carson who's played by um, freaking uh, John Garus Gears the guy who played Uncle Pedro not Uncle Pedro fucking Napoleon's uncle in Napoleon Dynamite and he basically goes around and um, he monopolizes all these farms and he pretty much murders the people in these farms and they, and he steals these water and he sells it to people who are obviously um, needing this water. So it's basically just Kendall not trying to get killed by Carson and keep her water and she has this boyfriend and he has this illness that he needs water so it's basically her just trying to get enough water to have them both survive and um you know and things like that it's an interesting movie i have to say um i think it it makes some good points about capitalism and things like that and people going on other people's land who has a lot of money and taking what's really theirs i know i said in my review 
on my channel that you know I think it's really reminiscent of the oil companies going on people's land that doesn't belong to them and taking the oil out of their out of the ground and, and selling it. And I think it's really reminiscent of that kind of stuff. This film's setting is really really well done. They really picked a place that looked like it was uh, you know a wasteland that really dry and has no water and um, and things like that. And the cinematography is really good and. The um, the people who did the the set designs really good also the the props that they picked and the things that are going on in the background of these barns are really really good and I think um, especially with the the barn that Kendall and her boyfriend lives in I think there's stuff that that's been there for a while and things like that I think is really interesting so overall this movie's good um, Tom Hammock directed it and he did a lot of production design for. Ty West and Adam Wingard and things like that. So, you know, he has some kind of experience um, uh, with horror films and things like that. So this is really his first shot directing. I think it's a pretty good pretty good film. Like I said, it's not really bloody or gory, but it's an interesting character piece. I think the actors do a good enough job to carry the film. Are they amazing? No, but I think the main lead is pretty is a pretty solid lead, and I think that it was casted right. So... If you guys want a, a semi-interesting post-apocalyptic film with none of the the mutants or guts or anything like that, and more of a more of character study, I think you should pick this one up. Seven out of ten for the last survivors. Cool. Neato, Neato. So did I you just say Neato? Neato? I did. Neato. I did. <laughs> Neato. Wow. So. <clears throat> I guess that I am next, and this one, I just had to talk about this one. I did do a review on Body Bags, but I just wanted to talk about it again. It's called, well, it goes under two titles. One, it's called Spliced from the year 2002, and it also goes under the title The Wisher from 2002. Now, I think the reason they changed the title from The Wisher to Spliced is because there is a movie within the movie called The Wisher, so it kind of gets a little confusing if you call the film The Wisher as well. So either Spliced or The Wisher, whatever you want to go by. It follows this girl who really likes horror movies. And she is having kind of nightmares. She wakes up, sleepwalks, and stuff like that. She she has to go to this psychiatrist in school, I guess the guidance counselor or whatever. And she is basically telling him, you know, that she's having very bad dreams. And I think she even says that she gets aroused when she's scared. So she really likes being scared, (laughs) which is kind of funny. She eventually goes to a movie (laughs) theater to see this new movie called The Wisher. It's supposed to be this horror movie that's breaking all kind of records and it's like the next big thing. And they're in there watching it, her and her friends. And she starts getting kind of dozy while she's in there and stuff happens. So she runs out. Oh, it sounds shitty. And her father, her father is like pissed off right she he's pissed off that she went and seen a horror movie so he's flying there driving in the car and he gets he he sees the character of the wisher that was in the movie within the movie on the road causes him to crash he dies so now she believes that the wisher from the movie is actually outside and killing her friends i guess (laughs) so there's a few things of note here one, it's like that post-Scream era where everything is like referential. Like, as they go see the Wisher, 
on the screen. And I found this was funny because I forget the production company. It's like Scream Media or something that did this film. They did that. I reviewed a film way back on the podcast called The Fear about like a killer mannequin. They also did that film. Uh, so, and I remember <laughs> talking about that one cause that was so, that film was so weird as well. That's why I talked about it. So when she goes to the theater, you, you see like, you know how they have like the films listed that they're playing. It's like the wisher, the wisher, the wisher, the wisher, Halloween resurrection. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> so it's like a little jab at the at Halloween resurrection. Right? Awesome. <laughs> Blue and pole and Halloween movie. Why does it yeah, say yeah. So it's like, Why does it say resurrection? Uh, on four screens, you have The Wisher, and then you have one screen has Halloween Resurrection. I just thought it was hilarious. Um, so the thing is, it's kind of like The Wishmaster, right? Or The Wishmaster, yeah, The Wishmaster films, where The Wishmaster, the Jin from The Wishmaster films, he takes your wish and twists it, right? That's be careful what you wish for. That's thing. That's kind of what's happening in this film, right? She she says like, damn, I wish she would see how ugly she is or something to the girl, the snobby bitch, hot, slutty girl at school. And then she winds up with her face all slashed up. You know what I mean? Like, so it's one of those things. But the, the fucking ridiculous problem with it is that, A, she thinks that it's some it's her boyfriend who's doing it. So that he was like, when she said these things, he was like hidden up in a tree and shit. And it makes no fucking sense at all that he would be able to hear her say all these wish things and then then make them come true as well. Maybe he's got like a whisper 2000 in his ear or something like that. (laughs) So then it becomes like this thing where it's like, okay, is it supernatural or is it like a whodunit? And it just gets more and more and more ridiculous to the point where she was like the movie. She goes to a friend and she's like, well, if we watch the movie, we'll figure out how to stop him. Right. It, mind you, at this point, she believes that it's her boyfriend. You lost. Me, right. JP. So she thinks that because if they rewatch the end of the movie, they'll see how they stopped him in the movie and they'll be she'll be able to stop his, her boyfriend <laughs> in the same way. Right. It makes no fucking sense. It would make more sense if she thought that it was the actual wisher, right? So it, it gets to this point, and then there's this thing where there's all these, all these like she finds the film reel of the movie that they played, and there's these spliced in like hidden, almost like Celtic messages in the film. So it's like this sub sub subliminal message thing but even after she sees that she still thinks it's her fucking boyfriend (laughs) so it makes even less sense and the ending is the most hilarious thing i've seen in a while dude it is so ridiculous and absurd that i was just like (laughs) and i actually laughed and i'm not one of those people who laugh a lot at stupid stuff like in movies like it, it like i'll chuckle but i won't laugh right it takes a lot for me to laugh because i'm just as moods would say too serious all the time uh <laughs> as I'm so laughing at i it. was laughing at this scene it was so funny and there's all kind of funny things in this movie like it was filmed in uh moose jaw canada yeah that's and relatively close in to the it. trivia on imdb it says that it sold out four weeks in a row at one Canadian theater. <laughs> what? <laughs> what an amazing thing! People are probably phoning the theater and be like, "Do you have tickets to The Witcher?" Fuck off! Yeah. So the killer, the killer <laughs> looks so generic, off. but he, 
he has this glass taped to his hands where it's like Freddy Krueger claws, which is hilarious. It looks so great. Um, but I mean, it's in this weird era where it's post like nineties, like right on the edge of the nineties, but that scream era as well. Like it looks and sounds cool. There's a lot of cool music choices actually in it, but I mean, it's just this oddball movie that like, it's a bad movie. A hundred percent. It's a bad movie, but I recommend checking it out based on just the absurdity of it. And I think moods would get a kick out of this one in general. And you know, so 4.5 out of, out of 10, it's awful. But I, I gave it points for being Oddly so bad. Enough, it's good, I guess. I've never heard of this movie. I know. Like, it's I so never weird. have either. It's <laughs> so funny, Wisher, man. Is it called, you said? Or Splice. You can get it in a multi-pack with The Fear, The Fear Resurrection, Spliced, and I think like Killer Tongue or something. Killer Tongue. Huh. <laughs> spliced. Interesting. Interesting. Check it out, dude. You can get it super fucking cheap, too. <laughs> Sounds like it's kind of fun, though. Or no, no, so no. Absurd. This, no, I'm thinking of the wrong thing. This one was in the multi-pack with Satan's Little Helper and Blood Gnome. Oh, okay. Has Ron Silver. Nice. There's a naked girl in it, and she's slutty. <laughs> sweet, sweet. It's inviting. <laughs> that has a Alrighty. shitty cover. I probably would never watch this movie. That's fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 something. <laughs> All right. So uh, yeah, moving on to segments here. Um, this week I don't have an Italian stallion. I'm just going to go with a pick of the week. And uh, this Slacker one right here is, <laughs> yeah, uh, this one here is from 1974, and it's a movie I had not seen in a long time, and you know, so I I was so happy when I grabbed this Blu-ray because I just I've been dying to revisit this film forever, and yeah, it just didn't disappoint me at all. 1974, and it's called Sugar Hill. I'm sure you guys have heard of this movie before. Um, it's kind of a it's kind of like a mashup of different genres really. You know, it's got like action and kind of a crime film and obviously there's horror elements. Um basically what the storyline is in the film, uh Sugar Hill, um Sugar is actually her nickname. Uh I think her first name in the film is Diana Hill. And uh basically what it is, she is um she has a boyfriend who owns a club. And these gangsters come in and they've been taking over the city and taking over all over these clubs all over the city and stuff. And basically what they want to do is they want to shake down this guy and, you know, force him into selling his club to these, to to their, you know, to the gangsters and stuff. Um, he does not, he doesn't want any part of that. He doesn't want to give up his club because he loves it and he doesn't want to be bullied by these guys. So one night after he tells him to get the fuck out of his club, he's out back. And of course they jump him and they end up murdering him. And, uh, yeah, so, of course, Diana slash Sugar Hill is fucking pissed off. She's like, that's bullshit. So and instead of getting, like, revenge herself, she finds this, uh, you know, this queen or this mama voodoo person. And uh, she gets her to basically um, <clears throat> uh, she call or she gets the mama voodoo queen to call up this like i think it's like the lord of the dead you know she knows this lord of the dead and what she has to do to get revenge on these gangsters is basically sell her soul to um you know to this lord of the dead guy and what he does is he basically rises up the dead 
create zombies and to exact her revenge for her. Like I said, but she has to give up her soul and stuff. So it's ultimately just a revenge film, very fancily done. <laughs> so, uh, but my thoughts on this one, um, this movie right here is just fantastic all around. It is so much fun. I mean, everybody in this film is such an awesome character. Uh, Sugar Hill, she's fantastic. She's beautiful in this film. Um, she's just a great character, but everyone's awesome. Like, okay, there's a cop in this film. I think he's played by, uh, yeah, Richard Lawson. He plays the cop and he's actually like an ex lover of, um, Sugar Hill. So they have like this, they have this, um, you know, this history together and stuff. But anyways, he's investigating, of course, all these murders that start happening because, you know, once the, uh, the zombies get risen up from the grave, they go after these gangsters. And of course, these bodies start showing up all over the city. So he's investigating all these, these deaths and stuff. And it's just fantastic. The characters are just so entertaining. One of the coolest things about this movie though, is the fucking awesome 70s soul soundtrack. It just goes so perfect with it because it's a really unique blend of genres. Like I said, there's a little bit of action in it. You got, you know, the crime elements to it and the investigations and you got these, these zombies. So, and you got this really kind of funky early 70s, real hip soundtrack to it. It's just really unique. There's no films like this at all. Like, honest to God, there's no films like this. The other really quirky thing about this movie is how the zombies look. I've never seen a zombie film with zombies that look like this. They're very cool. They're kind of like, they're kind of like almost dusty looking, but they have these really white buggy eyes. But the unique thing about the zombies is that they have like almost like spider webs that cover their head, reach to their shoulders. It's, you know, it's, you know, it's supposed to be that old kind of dungy look or whatever, but that's how they look and they look creepy as fuck. They're amazing. I've never seen a zombie film with zombies that look like this. To this day, very, very unique. And it sticks out, you know. And, uh, you know, there's not really a whole lot to the film. There's, you know, it's a revenge film, essentially what it is. But such a fucking blast. Everything about this one, just the the dialogue, you know, all the jiving and all that type of black exploitation elements to it. You know, it's just fantastic all around. If you've never seen Sugar Hill, do yourself a favor, especially if you like black exploitation films you'll love this film you know i mean if you're a fan of i mean especially in the early 70s you know with all the pam greer films that came out gotta check this out really unique and it's one of a kind there's no films like this nine out of ten sugar hill check it out it's amazing damn i i've i've been aware of that one for i would honestly say years like years and years and years and i just never was it on an archive label before or something um, no, I think it has like an official release to it, but I think it was out of print. I want to say, I'm not sure mm. who exactly released it, but like I said, though, man, this is, uh, this is kind of one of those films that they just, they don't make movies like this anymore. Yeah. You know, it's so different. Like, you know, it, it's hard to explain, you know, when I say it's got all these types of subgenres, like, you know, action and crime and stuff, the action is not overly, you know, like an action film. If that, if that's what you're thinking. It's black exploitation mm-hmm. with zombies is what it is. So it just mashes mm-hmm. these subgenres so well. It's one of these ty- it's one of these films you need to see to believe. You have to see it yeah. because it's just it, there's no other films like it. But I highly recommend Sugar Hill. It's a fucking blast. It's so much fun. Cool. Jerry? All right, so. For my segment, I came up with a new segment. It is called Horror 101 Plus One. Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, there's a spin. One. Gotta do horror 101 plus one. Yeah. And I'm gonna be looking at, uh... Well, explain your segment first. Basically, JP's segment, but it's cooler because it's plus one. So... Oh, so it's reviewing a reviewing documentary. Reviewing a documentary, but it's cooler because I pick documentaries that are plus one. No. Damn. Damn. He just scolded me. Word. <laughs> he, just, he just took a page Don't right out of my word. book. And then didn't – he barely gave me credit for it. He was just like, it's better, dog. All right. All right. Yeah. Hey. I feel you. I feel hey. you. Whore you know. 101 plus one. Hey, well, next week I'll do pick of the week plus one. Everything will be plus one now. No, but it's Horror 101 plus one. I'm talking about the 1996 film Paradise Lost, The Murders at Robin Hood Hills. All right, this movie, for the backstory of this documentary, uh, 1993, uh, there was a murder that took place in West Memphis, Arkansas, in Robin Hood Hills, where three eight-year-old boys were found murdered and mutilated, accordingly due to a demonic sacrifice. And um, that was, you know, presumed what was actually going on. So, um, three, that's what was, that was what down. was written. So three teenagers, uh, 18 year old Damien Eccles, uh, 17 year old and a 16 year old got charged with murder for the crime simply due to the fact that, um, these guys, these kids, you know, liked Metallica, they dressed different, they looked different and they did, they were, they were goth, goth kids. kids in a relatively Christian area of the country. So simply because of the fact that, you know, they looked different and they had to, you know, frame the crime on somebody. These are the people that we're going to say did these crimes, which is actually absolutely bullshit. And I'll get to that. But do you think that they actually believed that they did it at first? Do you think it was one of those cases where it's like it's it has to be them. It couldn't be anybody else. Like or is it that they had a motive from the get go and they were like, I'm uh, you know, let's frame Well, throughout guys. the three films, um, you see the same arresting officer who in 1993, 94, when the interviews are being done, that documentary being done in 2011 when they're interviewing again in the third film, he still stands by that there was enough evidence to commit the three for the murders. And he, you know, he never really says anything about, okay, what's this evidence? You know, what was presented in the court by the prosecution? But he never really discusses the evidence of why he thinks these three people did it. And I think that's a little bit shady. I just think that they needed to put it on somebody. And these three were the people who were, you know, who would be most acceptable to be put on trial for this crime, which is bullshit. So documentary basically um, follows the the first trial of these three people and um, the families of the three kids who got murdered and their reactions and their thoughts of these three, the, the West Memphis three, which they would be, later be called. How, how were they murdered? Like, I know that it says they were mutilated or something, mm-hmm. but how, what actually happened? Because I've always been curious of that. So they said what happened is that um, what, what, would, what was the evidence, you know, nobody really knows what happens even mm-hmm. today. There's only theories about who actually did these crimes. But the thing is that um, – these fucking moods. These three people, these three kids were playing. They were Cub Scouts. It was summertime. They were playing in Robin Hood Hills. D- 
Damian Eccles and uh, and the other, uh, and the other no, Damian Eccles and the seventeen year old. I can't remember the name. You know me with names. Uh, they were best friends, and they saw the three going out to Robin Hood Hills. So they followed him, followed them, and um, they started doing the murder, the murder, and um, the six the sixteen year old just was walking along and he saw what was going on and um, one of the boys got loose and ran away and basically what happened was this 16-year-old chased this kid down and brought him back and then left. So, you know, he was charged with second-degree murder and not first-degree murder because all he did was catch the guy, the kid that was escaping and left. So what happened is um, they pretty much, um, one of the the three kids – you know, they tied up two of them. Uh, they guy raped whoever raped, did it, raped one of them. They're, and these were little boys. Yeah, eight year olds. Jesus fucking Christ! Raped raped one of them. That. Raped one of them. Yeah. Castrated him, and then um, went ahead and murdered the other two and threw their bodies into a local creek. And the one who was castrated was left where he was, and the cops pulled out the two kids that were in the river, and. Believe me, this film shows actual crime. It opens up. The film opens up with actual crime, the actual crime footage of the kids. And you see them laying in close-up detail, laying on in Robin Hood Hills, murdered, and they're stiff. And it's a really disturbing way to open up a documentary, but it's very effective. And it really hit my heart. Oh, yeah, that sounds strong as fuck, man. It really hit my heart and my emotions, and it really made me intrigued and to watch this three-hour documentary that was about to unfold and the fact that this was the first documentary to have the permission from metallica to use their music in any film and the choices that they used of metallica songs really really fit extremely well for the film and i think it added a level of depth that we were talking about earlier with music that really really made the film so between the that between the um, the interviews with the, par- the you know the people and the parents of the kids who got murdered and the trial and the evidence that was presented against these three these three kids were you know it's absolutely ridiculous and uh, you know I could talk about it for a while but things like um, they found um, a month after the crime happened they went to the seventeen the seventeen year old's house. And he lived in this trailer park, and they dived into this into this river in this trailer park, and they found a knife at the bottom, and they used that against him as that was the murder weapon that was used in the murders, which is absolutely nonsense because there's other people living in this trailer park. How did someone else not throw the knife into this river? You know, it was a month after the crimes happened. How are you going to use that knife? As a, as a piece of evidence against this kid. You know, it's just things like that, evidence that really didn't make any sense. And the fact that this was a huge national story, you know, it wasn't just a a local story. You know, this was a pretty national story. You know, a lot of news people. And, the, and that's exactly why that evidence was allowed, too, because they were really, they needed to fucking mm-hmm. pin someone down because it doesn't matter at that point. They're like, oh, here's a knife. Yeah, you fucking did it. Yeah, and kind things- of thing. It's just. The pressure's on, man. The pressure's on by the fucking by the mm-hmm. council, and, right? and, so and the fifteen-year-old who was charged with second-degree murder, he had an IQ of seventy-two, and he was 
interrogated by the police for 12 hours and the only thing that the cops recorded was the last 45 minutes of the conversation where he gave a confession but it was obviously fake because the you know his IQ's low and the cops have been talking to him for 12 hours and he just wanted to get out so he gave a false confession which really didn't line up to the things that other people the other two kids were telling what actually happened you know things like that or what what was the evidence being presented you know the convention didn't really line up to the you know the evidence that was presented against this 15 year old kid okay so what i just you know one thing mm-hmm. that i wanted to ask you is because i knew about the west memphis three for a long time right i think did i talk about it on this podcast before i don't know I, I, I know I heard about this somewhere. That's why I was asking. About I knew I knew I of the Paradise up. Lost films, and I knew and I've known about the West Memphis Three uh, because I've mm-hmm. read about them in high school. I think when I, I used to do a lot of reports on murders and fucking you know Charlie mm-hmm. Manson and Jeffrey Dahmer and shit. We've talked about that, but um, I, I you know it's been so long. But I, I man, this makes me want to check out these films so much. But I want to ask you, what percent sure are you that they didn't do it? Um, ninety five percent. Wow, because wow, that's pretty. That's high, a yeah. lot of percent. Yeah, because as the as you see, Paradox Lost too. You know, it's it's a lot of reused footage, but it follows more of the father, the stepfather of one of the eight year old kids that were murdered, and he's a little bit suspicious in my opinion. He's a little bit crazy. Like he goes back to the crime scene. He makes fake graves for the three people, the three kid, you know, the three teenagers who were charged and he burns, he burns the graves and things like that and says he's going to hell. They're going to hell and things like that. He's very suspicious. But then as we get to paradise lost three, which is paradise lost two was shot in 2000 and paradise lost three was shot in 2011. So between the 11 years that, that, the films occurred there was a lot more evidence that came out um about the case and forensics you know was a lot more advanced than what was the case in 1994 when the initial murders came out and yeah. more evidence started to come out that these threes were actually innocent and then the dad the stepfather that was you know a prime suspect in the second film started to change his mind a little bit about um these three teenagers and actually um you know fought against the release of these three and they were he was a little bit of a part of having these three released who did i think did it i think that stepfather and the other two stepfathers of the other two kids were all all three of the stepfathers yeah because in the third film we see one of the other stepfathers damn that's fucked up that seems even more unbelievable than the three kids to be honest Mm -hmm. because in the third film we see another one of the stepfathers <laughs> of the kids getting um, a lie detector test and they found his hair in one of the kids' shoes at the crime. So mm. how did that How did that hair get Was there? it in his own kid? It was in his own stepchild's? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, if they live at the same house, there's a mm-hmm. good possibility that, you know, hair transfers, you know, they're, they're in, underneath the same roof. That's pretty tough yeah, but like, evidence it, to... But they found bite, they found bite marks and um, well bite took, marks are a little different. Yeah, that's yeah, a little they, creepy. They took impressions a, of the three teenage kids and none of their teeth matched up to the bite mm-hmm. marks. But they did that all the way back in two thousand. They still sat in jail for another eleven years because the judge who was well, they've still never been innocent. Yeah, they had to take a plea deal. They took a plea bargain, so yeah. they're still under on the books. They're yeah. guilty. 
they're guilty, but if they have good behavior for 10 years, the time that they served they're is... Out, dude. I know they're out, but they're on 10 years probation. If they commit any more crimes, they go back for the entire time. But if they're good for the 10 years, that's they're good for 10 years. The time that they served is their sentence and that's they're free after that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a really, really intriguing, especially the first film. You know, it, it was one of the most, um, powerful documentaries I've ever watched for sure. It's a film that definitely changed the way I looked. I look at life and, in, in film in general, you know, uh, going to film school, you strive to make films like this that that touches people and impacts people and really, um, you know, really makes them care. And I think it's because of this film that more and more people became interested mm-hmm. in the case because they saw, you know, something fishy's going on here. And I think if the documentary was done in a poorly way, a poor way, I don't think the West Memphis three would be such a big deal like it is today. And the fact that these document, these documentarians, you know, stuck with the case for 17 years, I think shows something about what these two believe actually happened and their, and their, you know, real, um, you know, their real beliefs and, how they carried their beliefs over this entire time. It's just a really, really fantastic series of documentaries. If you don't have a stomach and, you know, you get upset with this kind of stuff, I wouldn't recommend it. Like I said, you see actual footage of the crime scene. You see crime photos of pretty much everything. That's exactly why I want to watch it because I probably will get upset with it. I looked – when I watch – that's one of the reasons I do this. One of the reasons I watch watch things is because I like having an emotional, you know – feeling when i watch stuff yeah i usually don't have that with this with you know that kind of stuff but this one definitely hit hit something in me and it was really really well done and i i highly recommend it but like i said if you don't if that's kind of stuff really upsets you which i assume not many of these people who listen to the show have that <laughs> problem then you probably wouldn't watch this if you don't like seeing dead kids and i can't say i late. like seeing them but I mean, if you if you can't stand looking at dead kids or seeing castrated penises and things like that, then you probably shouldn't watch this series of films. But you know, you should really watch it. I highly recommend everybody watch this watch these series of films because they're really really powerful. You know, I gotta give them mm-hmm. a ten out of ten. They're All three of them, ten out of ten. No, two I give an eight out of ten, and three I give a nine out of ten. All right, make sure you rate those down for when I put them on the. Yeah. Yeah. Check them out. Really, I'll really pick them up, dude. I got to like yeah. that. You sold me on them. You sold me on them. Yeah. Way, way to way to take this segment and just blow it out of the water, huh? Horror one hundred one plus one, bitch. <laughs> All right. Got to be horror yeah, one hundred one plus two next time. Now you just yeah. I've always face. known about the case, but you know, I, I really got to check these out now, man. Just sounds awesome. Uh, Paradise. Oh, Plus, I, I, the first one's close to three hours. <clears throat> And the other two it doesn't, are like two and a half hours. But it, it doesn't bother me though, man, because documentaries, if they're really interesting, yeah. I, I just kind of lose track of time and it just – It's not know, even that. It, it doesn't really bother me. It's the fact that you see them grow up pretty much in front of your eyes being behind yeah, prison. Yeah. Yeah. And like I've, I've been reading the, the memoir that, that – That's the Damien, real boyhood the, movie. Yeah, I'm reading the memoir that the 18-year-old wrote when he was in jail. And that kid had a really rough life and, you know – he, the stuff that happened to him in prison, you know, it's it's really really fucked up what happened to this kid who did nothing and he spent 16 years on death row for something that he didn't do. Pretty much, it's really it's really a really interesting story and case. Yeah. It's really good. Straight up, yeah. 
All right, so moving Plus on. Man, I think one, that's baby. the longest segment I ever did. I was like half an hour. Well, I mean, fuck, dude. If you, I think you just watched like eight hours of fucking documentary yeah. there. Oh. <laughs> and I was... So it's pretty hard to like, you know, you know, talk about that shit in a in a three minute nutshell. And I was essentially <laughs> interviewing you while you reviewed it. Yeah. But on you, and I think I think you guys know that when I talk about something like that, then it really it really hit me because I usually, you know, don't really talk in that much detail about stuff mm-hmm. very often on here. You know that 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 first documentary really got to me, so I think you know everybody should check it out. It's really good. All right, so on to my segment. This will be a closer look at again. Uh, this is where we take a release, usually a Scream Factory release, and we review the film, but we focus more on the special features. So the film this time is Day of the Dead from the year 1985. This film follows a group of scientists and military guys as they are stuck in the zombie apocalypse in an underground missile silo i guess government base uh you have the military people who are kind of the more hardcore of the group and the scientists who are the more laid back and trying to do their job trying to figure out uh you know how to fix this zombie apocalypse problem while the military guys just want to know. They just want to know how. They don't even want to do all the work and stuff. You know, It's like a pressure cooker. You have all these different personalities in there, and they eventually just explode while there is chaos above ground and you know in the tunnels with the, zombie, the zombies. You have one character who's trying to teach, find a solution, learn about zombies so that he can eventually find a solution. His name's Dr nicknamed dr frankenstein which i thought was pretty cool uh you know i'm not gonna go into the plot too much but god jesus christ this movie is so good dude i've always this has always been my favorite dead film favorite romero film my second favorite zombie film next to return of living dead but watching it this time and the glorious hd that scream factory provided us with there was just something it, it just clicked on every single level, man. It, yeah, I actually watched this one in, in one of my film theory classes two a year ago. I, lo- I love that movie. It's so good. First of all, there's so much going on. There's so yeah. much to it uh, with the the military guys and the scientists and the right and wrong and the chaos and you know learning about the zombie. I'll tell you what. The one thing that I appreciate more than anything about this film is that. George Romero handed an issue so delicately and so perfect, literally perfect when he was when he created the Bub Bub character because it could have just unraveled and been a silly, it could have just came across as, you know, ridiculous. Uh I don't like the ideas of zombies having intelligence. Um but George handled it so fucking delicately, dude. The way that he created that bub character and the performance of the bub character was just something else as well you know it's a zombie that reacts so perfectly to the the once you know life that it lived the memory um and i just feel like nobody would have handled that right i've seen zombies use weapons i've seen them use guns and i've seen them have a level of an intelligence and it, it it's always handled and it comes off cheesy or unbelievable or you know whatever but george just did something great with that 
Uh, the characters are so good. The dialogue, man. The dialogue is so well done. When you're talking the Jamaican dude who's talking about how, you know, all these records here, they don't mean anything. And, you know, you want to keep keeping records. And this is one 10-mile tombstone. You know, like I, I love that stuff, dude. The ending is just so big. For being such a small film, you know, in <clears throat> in this contained environment, this underground claustrophobic environment – it feels so big at the end. Um, I can just go on and on, but I'll leave it at that because I have a feeling one day we will talk about these. I give it. I, I just want to add what it, it's incredible when you think about it that like Romero didn't even have, you know, half the budget that he was supposed to have for this. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes you kind of wonder, you know, what could have happened with that film. Yeah. And I'll get into that. I mean, he did features as well. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I just always thought of that before because that movie just seems so fucking perfect and it seems way bigger than it should be mm-hmm. considering the budget and stuff but it's just truly amazing what he did with that some people say so. that the characters overact and stuff but i think they act to a t just perfectly how i feel that these high-strung <laughs> alpha male testosterone ridden fucking soldiers would act i don't know what you know that's actually people that's really funny that you bring that up about you know the but are you saying it's better than homecoming stuff. come on you know, it, it's funny that you bring that up because, you know, I've heard people say, yeah, you know, <clears throat> that, uh, you know, Joe Pilato plays Rhodes in the film, completely overacting his stuff. But I, I don't think so. And and it's funny because when I met Joe earlier this year, I even said to him, I said, you know, your your performance is one of my favorite performances of all time. Too. I actually told that to him. and He's like, thanks, man. You know, kind of cool. I, and, I think know, it had a beer with him shit. didn't get it. I think the people who feel yeah, that man. way just didn't get it. And I get it 100%, man. And I get Bub's performance. Yeah. And I get the, like, yeah. I get these characters, dude. I love the way that it was written. I love just, there's so many social commentary aspects and dynamics and, oh, and moralities and stuff like yeah. that, that that is so good. Romero has to have those layers in his yeah. films, man, or else it's not a Romero film. Yeah. You know, and he's not making a straightforward film. He, he's got, you know, there's a lot of elements, a lot of undertones. Action. Yeah, there's always, you know, layers in his films, but... The gore? Yeah. Top-notch shit right there, too, man. It's, you know, a lot of people always say, you know, that it's Tom Savini's best work. I think it is. I can't I, I can't disagree. Yeah, it's, it's just scene I think the scene of film are scene. so amazing. Yeah, it's pretty good. You know, I don't want to sound like a huge dick ride or anything, but this movie is <laughs> is beyond ridiculously good, like, in all elements, like... I've watched this movie so many times and, and it just never gets old to me. I can watch the characters because one thing about this movie that that separates itself from so many movies is how many amazing characters there is in this one. Everybody. There's not just like two or three. Yeah. Even There's fucking like Greg Nicotero I like. The, I know. The whole cast is like a different character and they all stick out. Like you remember every character in the film. It's fucked up. The performances how many are films so can great, you possibly dude. say that? All of the performances Exactly. Are that, so that's great. the thing. It's good performances. You know. There's not too many films where you can go, yeah, there was like 10 stick-out characters in this film, like, and all memorable. There's so much to talk about happens. in this film that we could dissect yeah. scene by scene, character by character, yeah. that we need to one day. And, you know, it, until then, though, I'm just going to say it's a 10 out of 10 for me. Mm-hmm. It's a Hall of Famer. It, it will be. Because oh. I, I will give a close – I would probably give a close to that, too. So mm-hmm. getting into the special features, there's a lot on this disc. Okay, the first 
and mm-hmm. best feature in my opinion is the world's end the legacy of day of the dead this is uh a feature length documentary running an hour and 25 minutes in yeah, full it's hd fucking awesome uh talking about romero you know all the actors just talking about how the film came about the process of making it the tom sabini talking about his effects scenes uh, and you really learn a lot. I mean, the first thing you learn is that Romero originally had a three-picture deal with – I forget which company. It was Orion maybe. And they wanted that, him to make a sequel to Dawn of the Dead. But he figured, well, I would rather make the other two films first because then you know, they'll hold on to me because they want a sequel to Dawn of the Dead. So I'll get to do the two films that I want to do. And then I'll be able to do Dawn of the Dead 2 or whatever they're going to call it uh, because they'll wait for that. But what happened was because the two films that he made beforehand, I don't know if it, I forget which ones it were, maybe like The Dark Half or Monkey Shines or something. I'm not sure. Whatever films came before this one. Uh, they they, did, those were both after Day of the Dead. Okay. <laughs> the, they under, the, the two films that it was underperformed. So after he finally gets the script written for Day of the Dead, I forget how much money that he needed, but the you know producer was like, "Look, you know the two films didn't do well. I'm not going to be able to get you that money unless you put it R-rated." And George wanted to release it unrated, so he's like, "Fine, I'll just scale back the story then." So that's what happened. We, we George stuck to his guns and and created a film the way he wanted to do it, even though he couldn't do it the way that he wanted to do it. Right? Like he wanted to make this big grand movie, but if it was going to sacrifice what he saw in the end game with the the gore and stuff then he was like nah so he took the smaller money scaled it down created this movie and was able to release it unrated i think that's really cool uh there's so much in that little documentary hour and a half long i loved it that's the best thing on this disc then you have a 30 minute thing uh, behind-the-scenes stuff with Tom Savini just doing his different effects. It's from his own personal archive. This is him, you know, with his own camera, having somebody film him doing all of his stuff. That's really cool to see the master, at, you know, in work. And it's so cool to see how they, you know, create these effects and then how they look afterwards because sometimes they don't look that great. When you when you just see it, it's like the way they film it and the way they 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 use angles and the oh, way yeah. that he he pictures it in his head how it I think especially look. angles. Yeah, how he how it will look afterwards. That's what's so cool. Uh, <clears throat> then there is a promotional video for that mine that they filmed in. It's it's near me, but it's just a an oddball thing because it's literally just a I don't even know why it's on here. It's, it's a really weird thing. It's it's like literally a instructional promotional video from that mine back in the day when it was like a company. And mm-hmm. it's on here. It's weird. After that, there's a eight-minute thing with um, – uh, it's kind of like Horrors Hollowed Grounds except for not as good. Dude takes this guy down into the mines. It, it looks like almost like green screen. It's weird. I didn't really care for that too much. Then there's theatrical trailers, TV spots. That we know what those are. Still galleries. We know what those are. Two commentaries. One with uh, both of these. You know what? That was a little disappointing. Was both of these documentaries are ported over from the MGM DVD release. So these commentaries are not new. They're old. Mm-hmm. But the first one with George, Tom Savini, the production designer, and the actress who played uh, the female. I forget her name. Uh, Lori. 
uh, Cardale. I found out that her father was actually in Night of the Living Dead, which was pretty cool. And uh, she she does, th- that commentary is really fun. Tom Savini talks a lot in it. Great, great commentary. And then the last commentary was from filmmaker Roger Avery, who I believe was uh, – he did something with Quentin Tarantino back in the day. But I don't know what it was. But he's just like a super <clears throat> fan of the movie and he talks about all these – I mean honestly, he points out a lot of things that I didn't consider and um, he really gets into like almost like fan fiction territory where he like – he kind of creates like why these things are happening. But it all makes sense. So um, – Really, really cool commentary there as well. Great release, super cool cover art as well, man. I don't. I mean, I just, I'll just gush all over it. It's fucking awesome. I love that release. <clears throat> you know, it's actually funny. You know, this past week we did our top ten Scream Factory releases on our top ten Tuesday series, and I actually had a comment on one on the video saying that uh, the Day of the Dead new commission Day of the Dead artwork was terrible. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what? That's my favorite yeah, artwork, it, I think. I know. It's actually one of my favorite ones, too, to be honest. And it, yeah, ever since it came out, I think it was at the time my favorite. I don't I don't even know. But it's still one of my favorite ones. And I was like, wow, really terrible? That just seems like such a harsh adjective to describe that new commission artwork. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. I, I, I think it really sticks out. And I don't know. I thought it was a weird comment, man. I just never heard someone say terrible to that. So anyways, that was a little little sidebar and this is george's favorite dead film by the way his second favorite yeah. is survival of the dead <laughs> i to this day i still can't fucking understand what he sees in that film he it's a i think i from what i hear he wanted to make a western and nobody would give yeah. money to make a western so he just made a zombie western kind of it's not really a western though so i don't know but that's what i heard yeah, I don't know. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Weird. Alrighty, so that's going to conclude what we watched for this week. That was a really informative and interesting uh, what we watched this week. Jeremy, good job. Wow, um, I did something good. Yes. Yeah. Well, you had to make up for all the suckage that you had earlier oh. in the show. Oh. <laughs> you, you had to make up for all the suckage you had in the past 54 episodes. <laughs> Besides when it's during my Nymphomaniac review, that was which I did one. on May. <laughs> two. I got two and 54. Fuck you. There guys. we go. There we go. Alrighty. So moving along to the uh, featured review of episode 55, and it is coming courtesy of Artsploitation Films. Uh, I think originally released in 2014, yeah, it, released on home media in 2015, courtesy of Artsploitation. And in Canada, I believe it's released by Anchor, Anchor Bay. Bay. So if you're Canadian, you can pick up the Canadian release, which does have better cover art, I might add. And the film in question is called Cub, or also known as in its Belgian Belgium native language, Welp. Yeah. So, yeah. Um Actually, there's a lot of different variations of cover art for this film, and yeah. pretty much all of them are better than what we have it, that have been actually released. Yeah. I, I was super yeah. disappointed with what, what art exploitation either chose or was forced to choose. I don't know how that stuff works. I know there's a lot of copyrights with cover art, which is crazy. But yeah, yeah. But I don't understand that one. Like it, it's really awful. Like I mean, to be honest, if you saw that cover art in a movie, like in a store. Would it would it entice you to buy that? No, but I wouldn't buy it. But it's kind of gives a spoiler right off the bat. If I like saw 
this cover art, I would kind of probably already guess what was going on in the movie. To be completely what honest. spoiler? I ain't spoiling anything. I don't really well, anything I don't know. Cover. I don't really. Th- I mean, it's just. Nah, I don't know. Anyways, do we want to get into the uh, the premise or the little plot of this one? Um, you know what I'll do. I'm just gonna get lazy and read the uh, the description here. Um, what it says: Sam twelve is in trouble. His entire Pathfinder scout troop picks on him and worse. The leader, Peter, is the worst of all. He seems to find a sadistic pleasure in humiliating Sam. This year's trip is to a woods near the French border where a curious legend named Kai is said around the campfire to make mischief. But when Sam finds that Kai is no legend and that he makes more than mischief, nobody believes him. So, yeah. So what we got here is we've got a bunch of... uh, I don't know. I guess how old are these kids? 12, 13 years old? Yeah. Is that when you're a cub? Yeah, I would you know, say a, so. a pack of you know, cubs led by their two scout leaders. Uh, yeah, so they basically go on a camping trip or what they do is these scouting or these cub outings. Yeah, I, I, I was never it's, in scouts and cubs. I don't really know what they do with these things. But it reminded me of like I guess it's survival is what it is. It's a slasher film. Yeah. That's you know, so, Anderson's Moonrise Kingdom. It's like that meets a slasher. Yeah, call it a slasher. So, of course, like you said in the storyline, you know, they tell this story, this fictitious, apparently, story of Kai uh, that is said to be a werewolf. I think they call him a werewolf. They actually call him a werewolf. He turned into a werewolf at nighttime and and takes out people is, is essentially what they're telling these kids to scare them. And, of course, Sam, the outcast, finds out that he is real. And then we've got our film. He's like a he looks like a feral child with a mask. With a, well, like, it's essentially Kai is essentially a a, a child, you yeah, know, very similar to exactly what the the Cub Scouts are, you know, ten or twelve, thirteen years old. But he wears this really kind of fucking weird mask, and I could not for the life of me figure out. I think it's what tree it bark. What do you mean? It's just tree a, it's a tree, tree bark with <clears throat> cut yeah, out holes. holes in the eyes. It's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <clears throat> okay, it is tree bark. I was I, I couldn't figure it out if it was tree bark or if it was like I don't know. It was weird. Yeah, it's tree bark. Yeah, thick. Okay, well that's kind of cool. Pretty cool, actually. Kind of original, anyways. Never really seen a tree bark face mask or mask before. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, remind me of Wilson so guys. Castaway. <laughs> oh, fuck. well, the first thing that <laughs> happened that that I that I knew about this film from was because it hit the festival circuit last year and caused... I think you talked about it on I've the show. I've talked about it many times on the yeah. show. Like, just yeah. every stage of its post-production, you know, from when art exploitation picked it up and so on and so on. Um, yeah. It was one that I instantly was intrigued by the cover art. I just loved the cover art, the poster. And I was like, this looks yeah. so cool. And I seen a still of the, the, the mask and the, you know, Kai. And I was just like, wow, this looks awesome. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys think? I agree. I agree, man. I, I think that just that mask cover art is very enticing. I think it's fantastic. I so. think I think it's an original film with some not original ideas going on with it. I think the fact well, that it's original with the fact that I haven't really seen many films with campers, Cub Scouts, horror film wise, Camp Scouts, but it's basically just a. Uh, um, What's the fairy tale with the guy that says the sh- fucking werewolf's coming, but he's all nobody believes him until it happens. The boy who cried wolf. There you go. It's basically the yeah. boy who cries wolf with slasher cub scouts. 
well, this you know, essentially, as I'm watching the film, I'm I'm just kind of going, well, this setup has been done a million times. You know, people out in the, you know camping, yeah. and then yeah. and then they start getting picked off one by one. But I don't know, man. It, don't don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking it because of that. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. That's basically what it is. I mean, that's kind of what the that's kind of what the setup to the film is, but it doesn't really play out like how you think it's going to play out, though. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of interesting because I was expecting a little more of, you know, well, what I was hoping without giving too much. Mm-hmm. I was hoping that you know some yeah. of the the kids were going to fall victim to not even that know, or retaliate at least or something. Yeah, I but think JP, okay. I, I, you know. Okay, what's your thoughts? How's it going, guys? JP here, and I have a quick little side note before we get into the featured review of Cub. Normally, those of you who listen to our show know that we try really hard to remain spoiler-free in our featured reviews, unless we're doing a franchise show where we give ourselves a little bit more freedom. Unfortunately, we found that Cub was extremely hard to talk about with going, without going into any details on the film, uh, such as some of the later scenes. So just a little disclaimer, we do get into the spoiler territory in this particular featured review. We will not make this a habit. It was just really in this situation, we didn't know what to say without going into some of the uh, plot points that you find out later on in the film so sorry about the spoilers if you would wish to check out the film and come back and listen to this uh by all means do so it will not ruin the film if you haven't seen it yet but i just feel wrong not letting you guys know ahead of time so take care guys check out the cub review and peace well my initial thoughts are i just didn't like the way that it went I, I I thought that it was kind of stupid. If I'm being 100 percent honest, I thought it was pretty damn stupid and didn't make any, any much sense at all. And okay, okay, I'm gonna stop you right there. Because I'm just gonna say I an explosion. Am, that part didn't agree- make any sense. I'm slightly me. agreeing because I think one of the major major problems with this movie is that there's essentially huge plot holes. Yeah, huge plot in holes. this film. There's nothing explained. Okay, and one thing I've I've mentioned this on the show before about how I fucking hate seeing a scene in the beginning of the film. Yeah, at the end. Yeah. I fucking hate that. And I've mentioned this before. I can't stand when filmmakers do that. I don't know why. There's no need for it. But the main problem is the big plot holes. And that's what's going on with this. What do we got? A father-son type deal? Or maybe that's not a son? We don't fucking but, know. But, well, it's, it's hinted at the way, based on the final ending of the film, it's, it's, it's nudged that it's just a rep- repetition thing just mm-hmm. happens yeah. exactly i get that but it could have you know it could have very well been his son he's just time for another yeah. whatever no no see you want to exactly. see we i don't, don't want to spoil know. it but i i took it as somebody was kai the entire time did you really what do you mean did you really i i, I not that you mentioned it i for a second there I you almost mind fucked me that Kai was this person's actually, inner demon and his inner monster and I know that exactly. he was all in his head and Kai was I mean our main character you know he was um, an orphan you know he was fostered and I think this is all his repressed anger towards all the people you're saying you know but you're saying is, fight club I, yeah I pretty much I, when but, you said but, that but there is scenes in the film go ahead there is scenes in the film that do put that theory out the out the window though what right uh just with a couple of the kill scenes right 
because well, I don't want to give anything away. That's the thing. That's the I don't thing. Wanna... That's why I was trying to state it right. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're where you're getting at because I thought the exact same thing. No word of a lie, Jeremy. I... That ran through my mouth. That ran through my okay, mouth. The, the ran through problem, my mouth. Ran through my mind. The one problem you have with that at all. And I think that my theory was kind of brought to light I, at the end. No, right at the end. I know. It, it, okay, just, and let's say that, that was it, what they're going for. It, it's not. I don't. I, I think it just came across like that, Jeremy. No, to be honest. What I'm trying to say is, is even if they were trying to do that, that doesn't mean that it's right. Because the problem is, is you have this guy, this kid who obviously, you know, based on dialogue that we hear, uh, the mom brought there to, to, you know, be a Cub Scout or whatever. So how the fuck, how in the actual fuck would they go to this place? And then he would have this random ass connection with that guy too. You know what I mean? Well, maybe that guy is his father. So why the fuck? What is the chances of them going there? He lured him no. there. Did he? You know the Cub Scout, no, it, or it, was it the Cub leaders? The the Cub Scout true leaders taking him to that place? No, no. I think yeah. I think we're just reading way too hard. And I, you know, because they do they do discuss. No, the Jeremy fact that has Sam a valid point. Re- like the, the, when you look at how scenes were done, it would make sense that yeah. they might have tried. That was their line of thinking. Because okay. he had traps already set up and all that kind of stuff. He knew. I don't know. Well, you, okay, so what you're saying is the camp I'm going to leaders... say when a tree fell out of the way, you know. See, he, we're talking. He pushed to... on the. He pushed at a branch. At you know, he knew it to push up on the branch to try and lift the log off this certain person. You know, the problem with scene. the problem with this review right now is we're being too cryptic and it's going to be terrible to listen to. So mm-hmm. we got to kind of get back on track here. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I don't really. Th- this is a really well. Ah, fuck. So now we got to backtrack because now, I mean, all this type of thing is is kind of went through my mind too when i was watching this film but then i was kind of thinking back after i watched it and i was like i don't know man okay i don't think that's exactly what it was intended to be based on certain scenes okay look Um, uh, let's just say this because there this is found out kind of early on in the film what is going on here is there's a guy who's underground who's controlling mm -hmm. traps in the woods also that's going on with this film yeah all right. Yeah. And he has a connection with Kai, the little feral child boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's to the listeners. That's what we're talking about here. Yeah. I didn't like it. I I, I don't know if this father's like, like a fucking super mutant. How about how about this guys? Mm-hmm. Why the <laughs> fuck is there an underground fucking metal facility? Exactly. You know, like I said, there's a lot of plot holes. And that was the major thing. I was, you know, watching this film going, what the fuck is the deal with this underground layer? It's in the woods. It's fucking Captain in the you woods, know? but it doesn't make sense. But I was just like, okay, but the whole thing was, okay, I understand. Maybe it's just a simple, okay, this guy, this is what he does. He's a, he's a killer. He's a serial killer. But this underground layer, the, the plot holes are too much here. What is he, fucking Dr. Evil or something? But I'm just wondering why in the fuck there is this little Kai character and what his actual connection is to what's his like, and okay, why it, is there's cars yeah, that's the, and that's trees like, that set he's traps like, he's like a father he, he's a, like the, the way it kind of plays out he's like, he's like 
he's like a fucking um it's almost like a father figure. So this this you know the guy that's running all these traps and stuff has Kai out there doing his bidding for him. You know he's kind of like the lure to get meat, but not, none of this is explained. There's really no point or purpose to why there's a team mm. effort here. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. There's nothing that's explained. So it's all it's it's all kind of speculation when you're watching. The this thing film is, going, the there's a lot of great scenes in this movie. And no, there really is. Yeah. The there problem really is. is, is nobody fucking did the interweaving, right? Nobody fucking connected yeah. it all and made it all make sense and have a good cohesive story. It's like they had these ideas and they're just like, well, I'll just link it together with some dude underground. It's like, no, gets, don't do mm-hmm. that. Uh, I really want to yeah. talk about that that blow up scene. And but, and see, like and like I said, with the plot holes, it's like, what the fuck? Is, there's nothing explained about this. That doesn't make any sense. The entire scene makes zero sense with with. The dad driving the truck, and at the end of the film, what scene? What what makes zero sense about it? Is he a fucking super mutant? What do you mean? He fucking gets oh. charred. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I know he survived. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I don't that, know. That part bothered me. Honestly, I, but, I, I mean, can it was believe that obvious. over this giant underground facility with all these traps that are electronically wired to the underground facility where they fucking blink and there's fucking all this crazy stuff going on there's cars and trees and there's fucking headlights t- attached I, to trees I, no, and stuff. I have to say that was pretty fucking original I've never seen that before with the headlights and no it looked I mean, cool. all cool. the gadgets and shit but my main thing was where the fuck is he getting power from they're way the fuck out in nowhere and not even that how <laughs> the fuck is he lifting from? cars up in the middle of the fucking tree Honestly, yeah. I just to like me, I said, there's a just, lot of unexplained there, things. There was no point, right? There's no point for all this to be happening. There's no reason that this guy is, has this underground bunker. There's no reason at all. There's just nothing there. Well, that's that's the problem. See, this is what my biggest problem was: is that okay? I couldn't figure out the duo, the dad and Kai, and all I kept thinking, okay, Kai is basically the fishing lure for the meat, right? But when you get into the underground lair, all you see is bodies everywhere. He's not doing anything with them, right? There's bodies that are in the water. There's bodies in that fucking doorway, you know, in that little side closet thing where Sam goes into. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is he using? Why, why is he killing people? Is he eating them? No. They don't show it. There's nothing explained. What the fuck is the kid? Like, what is going on <laughs> well, here? Well, I'm okay I'm with so, I'm killing so just to kill, right? I'm okay with that, but the... Like what I'm but stuck on something, is though. how did mm-hmm. this operation come about? It's one guy Why? with a giant underground contraption who's doing these elaborate murders to people in the woods. Just fucking stab them yeah. or something. Like why? Yeah. It doesn't make the, sense. The thing that was the thing that was bugging me too is because it was even said by the cop in the film that you know this area right here, no one comes here anymore because it used to be a factory. A lot. Exactly, and no one, and no one is, and that, and that's the thing. So, anyways, this underground lair is in a spot where no one comes about anymore. Why the fuck would he set up shop here if he's (laughs) intending just to kill people if no one's coming here anymore? Never thought about it. This is what was bugging me. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And it enrolls a whole cubs. Okay, by chance, and now he's got all these traps ready to go. You know, those two French guys in the dune buggies. Ugh. Those characters yeah. annoyed the fuck out. Which was which, which was really the intention? Just the intention yeah. was for them to be unlikable. Yeah, but exactly. No, they were to exactly. be douchebags. 
but the problem to is get them out that into they, the never, woods. they never connected. They never connected those douchebags because the purpose of the uh, the the scouts and the and the tribe, or the tribe, whatever, the the crew of kids, the troop, where they ended up, the re- the troop. The reason why they ended up where they did is because these assholes didn't let them go where they were supposed yeah. to. But they never connected that to, you know, this dude down in this dungeon lair. You know, some type of connection. It just by chance these guys show up and they're just <laughs> dicks and they're like, hey, you fuckers aren't camping here. You guys go over here and then see the thing is if they had of not run into these guys in the doom buggy, they would have uh, set up camp over there and none of this would have happened. <laughs> which, but they didn't connect anything. Yeah. You, are you, do you get what yeah, I'm saying? I understand yeah, what yeah. you're saying. It seems fucking pointless. It's bad writing. Well, you, they insinuate really they, 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 their fathers worked at this factory and were pissed off. Yeah. So yeah. It, it would make sense if they was in on it, but it, it is bad writing. But also – but it's by chance now, Listen, right? Listen, you have a good movie here. Let's throw out the guy that's underground. Let's only have there's they, this Cub Scout group goes out. There's this weird kid who kind of gets picked on. He has a, an emotional tragic past. He has this darkness inside him, a la Dexter or you know the Dark Passenger or whatever. There's the, just happens to be this feral fucking weirdo child thing out in the woods that is vicious, mm-hmm. killing shit. He kind of almost not befriends this this feral child. But he he kind of just accepts he him. accepts him, and this feral child brings the evil out of this kid. There's your fucking movie right there. Why bother exactly. with all this other shit? I like those My parts God. of the movie. That part with the dog, fucking awesome. That was brutal. Made me feel shitty. I I liked the way that that was done, and there was a lot of scenes. I liked the creepy treehouse thing. I liked the way that the kid looked. I liked the the idea of this weird feral child who has this mask and walks around like a little fucking wolf, cub wolf thing and there's so many cool things here yeah why do yeah. you throw in all this garbage too yeah not even that i was like i thought i was disappointed with what happened to half of the troops it's like this is such a missed opportunity i thought that was i thought it was all right it was brutal but it's like this is how you're gonna kill the entire crew but two people you're gonna do that yeah. i don't know yeah. well okay so we focused a lot on you know what we didn't really care for and the obvious mistakes in the film okay so yeah and you just pointed out some good things too um i will say some of the kills in the film weren't bad but they're cgi I, though kind of nasty really? um, I, I thought they looked pretty watch good watch the special man. feature watch the, i didn't think i didn't see cgi the, watch the special features with the well obviously the bees and the stuff. bees the trees Quite those weren't even real trees well yeah the one tree well, the to one be tree honest definitely wasn't Okay, yeah. that's two kills. There's only one I more. I thought it still looked two good, points. dude. No, I actually thought the CG was actually pretty well done for that. Like, I mean, the bees look pretty... I mean, you can fuck that up pretty easy. Mm-hmm. It didn't look too, too bad. And it was just kind of nasty. Not gonna lie, I wasn't the biggest fan of the fucking dog part. You know, me with dogs, I wasn't digging that too much. Yeah, but, <laughs> I've never seen one, yeah, but that's I've never why seen one I dug it, right? Like that's the, why I dug it, because yeah. it got pulled out such an emotional thing for me. Like so, that's why I liked it, right? Because it makes me feel no, shitty. But, but obvious. But the thing that the thing that bugged me about the dog part is that it was just beyond obvious that this was going to happen. Really? Mm-hmm. It was so. It was what? Are you fucking kidding yeah, me, dude? You didn't see that any, coming. No. Any, from the, the second they were driving out there. Anytime you see oh a my dog, God, dude, you know they're going to Okay, tell me the clues. Because I don't know where they are. Um, it's a dog uh, in a Because they have movie. a fucking dog out there? So what? What was happening? When do you ever see a dog Dogs live in a Dogs always live in fucking horror movies. Man. In Amityville. No, no dude, way. They always get killed. Obvious. You know why it's 
obvious, dude? Because the fucking guy that owns the dog is a fucking douchebag. Fucking Friday the 13th it's eventually part gonna two, happen. the dog lives. Fucking Elm Street part dude, four, the dog Dude, I don't lives. give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about Friday the third part two right now. It's this is beyond obvious. You cannot fucking tell me you're being that nice. How would the I know the that dog the dog is the biggest piece of shit? In the, because it's fucking obvious, dude. It's not the fucking owner in this movie. The owner of the dog is the biggest piece of shit in the movie. Okay. Of course, his dog is going to die. Why does the, his dog have anything to do with him? Oh, God, because he uses his dog. Oh, fuck. It's just beyond obvious. He uses his dog to terrorize a little bit. It's so obvious that he's going to fucking die. I completely die. disagree. I don't think that it was obvious. I had no idea they were going to kill the dog. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. God. Come on, How would, I, I, like, to me, even Jeremy's 100% agreement. It's so beyond so what, obvious. What is wrong with being It's obvious. like the lighter. Is it, okay, honestly, up, dude. Listen, like, listen, really? How, it, honestly, it, if the dog belonged to the girl, I could see the dog possibly so, living. So, this is okay. just a fucking, this is just a stepping stone because of Peter. I think Peter was the asshole yeah, so in the film. The, oh, oh, well. It's fucking obvious, it, it's, man. It's irrelevant. What I'm saying here is if if it's – so that's a negative because it was so obvious that the dog's going to die. Isn't the dickhead character always obvious that he's going to die? So why is it a negative because it's a dog and not like the dickhead character? I'm just saying it was just obvious. I didn't say it was negative yeah. or well, it was a good it thing. you said it in I'm a way like, oh, it was so obvious. obvious. Like it was but obvious. how is that – but it is okay, obvious. I'm just it, okay, let's say it's, that it's again. obvious. But I was saying how I liked the thing, and you was like, "Well, but it was too obvious." So I just figured. I didn't say I didn't. I, I'm not saying that's a bad thing either. I'm just saying it was fucking obvious. Okay, well, I missed. I'm not saying I didn't hate I it. I just fun. didn't like. I just thought that the way the dog was killed was it's a little nasty. Yeah, you know, I'm not a big fan of watching, and and I understand where you're coming from, the emotion, and that's that's part of it, and I understand that. I completely 100 get that. I'm just not a big fan, you know, whatever. But my opinion is it was beyond ridiculously obvious that this was going to happen. You know, it, I don't know. I, I'm sorry, man, but I just I saw it from a million miles away. But I didn't even cons- just I'll be honest. I didn't even consider it. I was like, like, I wasn't like, <laughs> oh, they're killing the dog. Like, I was just like, I didn't even really notice the dog that much. I was just like this. I, That's like the first thing that popped into my mind. I wasn't even paying after attention. The- Attention to the dog after the much. scene the dog was used to be a dick yeah like kind of then thing. yeah yeah that th- then you no, know no, no. shit's gonna go down with it no it was it was pretty much right after they arrived at the campsite and peter was already being an asshole to sam and i was like well peter's got a dog and something's gonna fucking happen here it's pretty fucking obvious mm. it was just it just seemed way too obvious to me um i don't know but you got but jeremy you are right though there wasn't really a lot of kills in this film I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of missed opportunities in this. And I think that I think I mean, I shouldn't tell I shouldn't say what I think. I mean, there's just a lot of missed opportunity. I think that a lot of filmmakers aren't willing to take that chance and and start taking out 12 year old kids. Well, they do. They take out a shit ton of 12 year old kids in one go, though. That's the I know. I know, but in one go, but it's, it's, it's so fun. It, the way they did that, though, it's it's like the back of the screen. It's kind of for I mean, we get the point. But I think if you're killing them off individually in a little more nastiness, I think it's more effective. Come that was just it. like, I'm not happened to those two little fuckers who got away. I fucking laughed my ass off at that part with the with the pack of kids. I actually <laughs> I laughed too. out fucking loud. I'm not gonna lie, I laughed out loud. I was like, really? They just did that? I just thought about that right now. <laughs> yeah, 
But anyways. What happened to those fucking two that got away? I can't remember. That's a good point. The redhead never, and the other never, one. They, they never, never went back what to happened. it. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck? Um, one, one thing I did notice about this film that really stuck out to me, and I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a nice little touch. I don't really know how it has relevance to this type of film, but it was there. Um, the scene where the good scout leader, the nice guy, was up in um, Kai's nest. Is is that the right word for it? Nest? Yeah. Is that right? Um, which was kind of, it was, it was weird. It was like a wood cocoon. I like it. <laughs> it's kind of weird. It's kind of cool. But anyways, so he's trying to phone, obviously, the police on his phone. Okay. Calling the fucking police, whatever. Subconscious, anyways, man. I'm sorry. The other cell phone starts ringing. Yeah. And it's fucking Suspiria, man. It's oh, a was it? Suspiria. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, that's a pretty cool touch. See, I, that's, and I knew for a fact you guys probably wouldn't catch on to that's why I wanted to bring it up, but mm-hmm. yeah, I thought that was kind of a well, cool touch. Well, I will touch. say little... that since you bring up music, I thought this music was fantastic throughout the film. Oh, the music? Yeah, Dude, opening scene in this film, besides having that opening scene. Does it, does it feel <laughs> you know? Italian uh, inspired? Totally. The music was very, music very Italian inspired. Yeah. Hence the Suspiria shout out there with that. I thought right away. I'm not joking you, dude. 12 seconds in the film. I was like, this is like a very Italian score. Was you expecting this movie to be completely awesome based on like the first couple scenes? I was just like, this is going to be cool. Yeah, Yeah, I was expecting it to be. I'm not going to lie, man. Halfway through the film, I was like, what in the fuck is going on? There were so many plot holes. I fell fucking 30 feet, man. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm the one that fell into that pit of water. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm so fucking, I don't know what the fuck to think here. And, like, it's such a damn shame because, like, there's just so much missed opportunity here. And you you broke it down quite nicely. I will agree. This is what you have here. What is with all these other elements? Mm-hmm. What's going on? Who's fucking Papa John? They're completely unnecessary. What, like, what, this is a good movie with a lot of bad stuff sprinkled in it for no apparent reason. Exactly. There's so much good stuff in here. You like, know, like, I, I really wish they had to show more of the girl naked. That would have been nice, though. <laughs> Fuck. She was kind of cute. <laughs> Not going to lie. I mean, you know, Sam got a nice little peek. I, I mean, there was Lucky even fucker. some, like, other stuff that I was that kind was of, um, I kind of liked. Like, it feels like they barely, like, there was an arc with the lead uh, camp counselor or cub scout leader, troop leader, the lead yeah. one, Chris, I think his name was. Like, he had this arc where he was, like, trying to save Sam, like, and that really didn't go anywhere either. And I just feel like it, if you, like, it felt like it was an, originally a different movie and they just added in all the shit. You know, I noticed that too. And it's kind of a shame because they, they totally fucked up with the writing there too with, you know, his character and trying to save Sam because he doesn't give Sam the benefit of the doubt. Like, he wants to help him, but he's instantly, like, he, you know, by his emotions and the way, he, whatever he says to him in the truck there, he's like, Sam, like he's not believing him for one second. Yeah. You know, he just doesn't want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Hey, maybe this is actually happening. And, you know, well, ironically enough, it is. he gets to see it. I'll tell you one thing. The way that that guy <laughs> Come reacted on, kind of to his dog being killed was completely how I, like the opposite of how I would have reacted. Like. I would have just looked at dude and I would have been like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You little weird, creepy yeah. fuck. <laughs> you know, yeah. like it, I, I just felt like they they didn't handle that super well. But 
honestly, dude, like I like this movie. Like I like things about it. No, it's I, a, I, I it's like a good movie. movie with just a bunch of shit around it. Yeah, it sucks. And, and you know, it's a it's amazing that like you know I've been you know I think this is exactly why I've been hearing a lot of mixed reviews about this or mixed opinions. I think when you really break it down and think about it, it's it's a mixed bag, man. There's a lot of good and there's a lot of I shouldn't say bad things. Like I'm not going to say that the underground layer was you know terrible to watch. It was kind of yeah, like interesting that and I have was to, cool, but it felt like it belonged have, in a different movie. Exactly. I have to say though, one of the coolest things about the underground lair was how the fuck you get into yeah, it. Yeah, through the trunk. Yeah. That was cool. <laughs> through the trunk of the car was yeah. fucking badass. I was like, I even by myself, I was like, oh damn, that's cool. <laughs> we said it out loud. I was like, hey, that's JP, cool. how much do you think he talks so cool. to himself during every movie that he watches? <laughs> Probably. Oh, I fucking do. I do, man. And I'm typing away too, man. I'm like, I type and I don't have to look at my keyboard when I type because I'm a dork just like Jeremy. Yeah. But I'm like watching the film typing and shit and I'm like, oh, this is fucking awesome. See, my... And, uh, I don't know, man. Like, if you suspend your disbelief enough and not really care why these things are happening, exactly. it, it's a good movie. It is. Like, I... I feel strong enough to where I feel like technically it was solid, right? I mean, that like it's it's filmed very it well. Nice. It looks nice. The music cues work really well. The if you just mm-hmm. take the scene, if you was just flipping through the channel and take took the scene of the kid fighting Kai, you know, in the underground facility, you'd be like, "Wow, this is awesome! What is this movie? This looks really cool. This looks interesting. What's going on?" Like, it, all these scenes by themselves in different movies would be awesome. So I don't know really how h- hard to rate it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a weird one, man. Yeah, dude. I, I completely agree, man. I I was torn, man. Like, I was, you know, not very often I finish a film. And, you know, I sometimes I'm like, I know what, I know what I'm pretty much rating it as soon as the credit, credits mm-hmm. hit, right? I don't know if you guys are like that, too. Yeah. This one I did. I, I scratched my head a little bit, and I was like, "Fuck!" Am I gonna So what? I might have to go camping on this one. Ooh, so I'm going first on this one. So you know, it's very interesting because I sat there and thought about it, and this conversation is pretty much how I expected it to go. I figured that you know it's going to be a mixed bag. We're going to point out the good and the bad and the ugly. And, you know, there's certain and the ugly and stuff like that. But you know, a film like this, I do recommend because you know it's one of those films that you even stated you know if you just kind of shut your mind off <laughs> a little bit and you watch this and take it for what it is you know just visual it's it's honestly it's a very 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 well shot film it i mean i i'm not gonna lie the blu-ray looks fantastic oh yeah that's really nice. the cinematography is actually quite well in this too there's some really good shots like overhead shots and stuff mm-hmm. i thought you know they put some fucking effort into this man there's there's a lot of good elements that I that we notice as reviewers that are very key and it makes the film a little more enjoyable even with all of its blemishes. Um, yeah, there's some big ones. There's some plot holes, like I said, are fucking they're Grand Canyon sizes in this one. Uh, but there's a lot of good, and I I think that you know it more. There's a little more good, maybe I don't know. It depends on how you look at it, but this one I'm gonna give a uh, six and a half out of ten. All right, you know what, man? You were saying about how the, you know, it, it ha- technically it's really good and stuff, and I fi- think I figured it out. This guy who wrote the movie and directed the movie 
just didn't have a good friend. He didn't have a good friend to tell him, dude, what are you thinking? You have yep. this good stuff here. Get yeah. that shit out of here. Yeah, exactly. You learned that. His in friend right was away. probably a guy <laughs> exactly. like, oh, yeah, yeah, dude, good. Yeah, you know, it's, it's good. That's good the job. first thing you learn yeah, in so, film school. So, if, you so, if you can't take cor- constructive criticism, you shouldn't be making films. Exactly. It's the first so, thing they theoretically, tell Theoretically, if we sat down and, and decided to write a film between the three of us, it should technically come out pretty good. Yeah, because I'll, be, I'll call you on your bullshit and I'll be like, dude, that's stupid. Dude, so will I. I'll <laughs> be like, are you fucking kidding me? If we write this in the film, it's going to be plainly obvious the fucking dog is going to die. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I do feel a little bit retarded on that one because, like, like you guys are hey, so man. saying that it, like, oh, yes, 100%. And then I started I really, doubting myself. I was like, was it that obvious? Am I just an idiot? <laughs> 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 but to me, I feel like most of the time I watch movies, dogs don't die. So maybe it's just the shit that I've seen. I don't know. Uh, so my rating. Um, I'm with you, Moods. Like, I, I agree with pretty much everything you've said. And, and honestly, like... I think that I liked it a lot, just that I'm aware of how fucking stupid some of the ideas were. Mm-hmm. Seven? I'm going to go seven. Seven out of ten. Yeah. Am I really going to go lowest again? If you want. It, well, it's funny rating? because I have my rating as six and a half to, to dash seven. <laughs> so I didn't really, I don't know. I can't go in between. I just want a so. six out of ten. Seven was my six original rating, and I... It, during this conversation, I thought about lowering it because of how much more stuff we pointed pointed out that was stupid. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's a weird. Man. No, but I mean, I know sometimes the ratings you're like, oh, six and a half, seven. And you're like, oh man, you know, I thought it was a little better. But you kind of have to just listen to conversations like this. Maybe yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to persuade, but you just it does break it down a little more. Yeah. You scene know, by scene by scene by scene, all done very well. It's yeah. when yes, it's together, together, it though. just yeah. it's very well it's very well put together. It's just what the content is. And I'm, I'm I still believe <laughs> at the times club things going on, but I uh, I don't know. Um, if it is, it's even but, more stupid. If that was the intention, it's yeah. Even more I honestly, it crossed my mind for a, for a second because of. A couple scenes in the end, but I was like, no, I ruled it right out. I have it written down here, man. <laughs> I'm not that, lying. That's the thing with film, uh, though. Everyone has a yeah. different look at it. Exactly, and you know, maybe that's what they're going for. Maybe they want to fucking trip you up, and it's more psychological or fucking who knows. I might actually put we'll never re- a uh, buffer at the beginning of this that do that does say that we we do get into a little bit of spoilers because I do feel like we we spoiled most of the fucking movie this time. We're really usually good at not doing that, but. This one was just too well, hard to talk about. To be, you know, to be honest, you know, I, I was thinking about this and I, I was thinking, and I was like, well, I think this conversation of Cub is going to last four minutes because we can't really say a lot without spoiling anything. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we, I guess that was proved right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you can't really say anything without spoiling it. It's a hard one. But it's so weird that we all felt, you know, kind of felt exactly the same about it, though. Because I was, because I want to know. Final- where did Kai come from? The other one, you know. Well, that, I mean, that's part of it, right? It's just he? a lot of untold. We don't know anything about is what's he, going is on. Is he on another that Cub Scout? Is he? Is he? Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, all in all, for the people that are listening out there, we do recommend it. 
check it out. Honestly, maybe, and it's not just because it's conclude, come, to, come, you know, have your own thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think this is a perfect example of a film that just needs to be seen. You need to make your own thoughts. You need, you need to see it. So, you know, I think a lot of people have saw it different. I've heard people rate this film really, really fucking high. What did Kyle say about it? So, I didn't watch uh, it because sure. I hadn't seen it yet. I didn't. I didn't watch it either because I have not I hadn't okay. seen the movie yet either. So we're very similar in that aspect. I won't watch reviews mm. before I watch the film because I just don't like to be influenced. So, but yeah, um, yeah, I don't really know what else to say That's about pretty it. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. See, so. see this, I, I'm going to say shame on you, bloody disgustings. Kinetic and brutal, gory and graphic. That's bullshit. Yeah, I, I mean I, the, the brutal, brutal part is there. See. The brutal is yeah, there. but not the gore. The uh, yeah, that's I don't know. I've, I'm calling bullshit it's, it's on definitely you. Not disgusting. Gory. It's definitely not gory, but yeah. Um, but I guess that's going to conclude episode 55 of the 22 Shots podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the show. I had a lot of fun. This, with this one was one. a good it was, episode, it was guys. It's been a long time since I actually started to raise my voice on JP because we were disagreeing on something. <laughs> um, well, I hope you guys enjoyed that because, you know, that was fun for me. But uh, anyways, guys, I'll leave you to Jeremy. Take us out of here. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the 22 sh- Shots or the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. As always, if you want to follow Moods, you can do so at YouTube.com slash Moods 616. And if you want to follow me and my pretentious asshole personality, you could do so at youtube.com slash NESRuler22. NESRuler22. I swear I'm not an asshole as much over there. As always, you can follow JP, aka the man who hates people, Herman, at youtube.com slash double shot J. And as always, you could check us out on our website, 22 shots of moods and horror.com. It's 22 shots of moods and horror.com. And if you have any questions, you can email us. At the 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com. It's 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com. And if you have any questions, you could leave us a voicemail at 724-426-6665. And you could always follow us on, on Twitter at 22 shot at 22 shots, right, JP? Or 22 podcast. 22 shots podcast. All right. 22 shots podcast. Do you think I would have that fucking down now, 55 episodes in? And as always, you can join us on Facebook, facebook.com, search bar, 22 shots of moods and horror, and join the Facebook page over there. A whole bunch of cool peeps over there. And that should do it, folks, for the 55th episode of the 22 shots of moods and horror podcast. So stay with us next week for probably one of my most requested shows ever, the Children of the Corn franchise. Potentially with a special guest. (laughs) All right, guys. See you guys guys next week. Peace. Peace.